Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Hello, SFL Nation. It is your favorite GM, Nelson Lozano. Thank you for joining me inside the league. Um, pleasure having you. Had a really good weekend, right? Um, uh, you know, I'm going to spoil it because I'm going to drop the music if you know what it is and you know what the song's about to come on. But I do want to share, like, why my week was great a little bit. Uh, had uh, had really focused on myself with my health and things of that sort, trying to make a lifestyle change to get healthier. And I feel really good. Uh, work was great for since a long time. Oh, and, uh, you know, my, our, our Portland fleet did really well as well. So in due fashion, like I did last win that we had, which was, again, our first win as an organization, we had our second win of the organization. So in fashion, I do want to go ahead and play. All I do is win just for a second to, to, to enjoy that win that we had over uh, Charleston. Cause all I do is So again, we got our we got our second win of the season. Uh we got our second win as an organization. So it's really huge and, and I do want to share that and show how excited I am because again, when you put in all the work in the off season, you see your work coming into play. It's really huge. Um and I was so happy to do that and see another win for our Portland fleet and then trying to, again, us establishing a rhythm of that kind of consistency that we always ask for. So without further ado, we're going to have, uh, again, talk about scores. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs. Uh, we're going to talk about upcoming games, and we're going to go through the leaderboards really quickly. Then tonight we have interviews with the broadcast extraordinaire, uh, the free safety of the Chicago uh, Wildcats, Tim Hackett. He'll be on tonight, and then later on in the show we'll have uh, London's DT, uh, Zach Turner, who will be uh, on the show as well. So it should be very exciting. So without further ado, let's get into league news. So, uh, Jeff Games, I told you, like, these games are really hard to call. And some of these, there were some surprises this week. Uh, us, again, I know, surprised a lot of folks in the league. But we had some games that were really surprising um, and kind of changed the picture of the playoffs um, as they're going now. So we have Las Vegas versus Atlanta 20 to 37 Atlanta wins it out Mexico City versus Tulsa 24 to 23 tight game but uh Mexico City went ahead and got the win over Tulsa we have the Fort Worth Turos versus London and that was a 31 28 win which to the Toros and huge game went ahead and got uh Louisiana from the first seed to the second seed but still Louisiana has had a really 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 good season so far and uh, they are actually our next opponent that we will see uh, this weekend. So we have Denver versus Chicago, 37-12, to 12, going ahead and solidifying their number one seed, um, 37, uh, against Chicago, which is a really good team. So, again, congratulations to Denver. We have Carolina versus uh, Houston, 37-44, to 44, another tight game. Uh, I know that was a tough loss for Carolina, uh, but I knew Houston had some things to prove uh, with some of their losses they had this season. We had uh, Lone Star Glory versus uh, Queen City. 
10 to 13, another tight game. That's why I say it's really hard to call these games because honestly, there's always a lot of close ones. But it went 10 to 13. Queen City pulls it out against uh, Lone Star Glory. We have Vancouver versus Atlanta, 49 to 21. I know definitely that's not the game that uh, Arizona won, especially having a playoff run. But I know uh, Vancouver was trying to show why they're dominant and why they should be considered as a contender. Uh, we have uh, Charleston versus my Portland Fleet, uh, 13 to 20. Portland goes ahead and, and squeezes it out um, and was our second win of our organization. So congratulations to us. London versus uh, St. Louis. Very tight game. Uh, St. Louis went ahead and squeezed out the win, 15 to 13 over London. Um, so congratulations to them. And they're also... Uh, in the playoff races as well, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Sioux Falls versus Baltimore, 20 uh, to 17. Tough loss for Baltimore, but another close game. And Sioux Falls showing again their dominance throughout that they've shown throughout the season. Uh, Jacksonville versus Florida, 20 to 38. The Sunshine Bowl looks like uh, Florida took this one, uh, which was a huge win against the team that is a uh, playoff bound. So, uh, speaking about. You know, the playoff pitcher. So we got Denver at number one at nine and one. We have number two, uh, Louisiana at eight and two. We have Sioux Falls at eight and two as well. Um, and then we have number four uh, being uh, Baltimore at seven and three, uh, with rounding off at fifth is uh, Jacksonville at six and four. So there's a couple of six and four teams. So you have Florida and you have Mexico City still in that, in that playoff pitcher. Uh, with a couple other folks like Vancouver, Houston, Lone Star, uh, Atlanta, uh, St. Louis, and uh, the Toros. And again, it, it does depend on how these week, these games go. Uh, folks winning, folks losing to see, determine if any of these teams can squeak into the playoffs. But currently, that's what your pitcher looks like. Um, you know, there could be some surprises again, right? You never know how these games are going to play out. Um, but currently, that's your playoff pitcher. And I do want to recognize, right, like you have... The Toros, who is a new expansion team, right? You have uh, Louisiana, who's a, uh, a new team as well, right? And you have um, Lone Star all in that category of having a really good season and being in the playoff pitcher. So that's a really huge thing for the league. And then you have St. Louis, which I feel like is um, a lot of folks try to try to get on, right? But their team has uh, came up against adversity and really have shown what is possible and they're, they're they have potential of them actually going uh to be in the playoff race so congratulations to those teams i'm very excited to see how this weekend plays out and how they'll affect those and we'll talk about what these weekends lineup is uh after we talk about the top uh the top player right so i always like to acknowledge the top players of the league make sure i share a little kudos to them so we have uh top passing we have sully richardson of the carolina skyhawks at number one, Brian Dynasty, the rookie of Atlanta Swarm. Number two, we have Matt Wilson. At number three of Mexico City Aztecs, Josh Miller of the Denver Nightwings. At number four, and A.J. Caswell of the uh, Queen City Corsairs, rounding off the top passing. Top receiving, we have Mike Daggs of Mexico City Aztecs, uh, representing for all our tight ends out there at number one. Brett Killian of the uh, Vancouver Legion has came and took the number two spot this week. Um... At, you know, uh, of the wide receiver class. Then we have uh, Gabriel Manning of the Tulsa Desperados uh, running off at number three, Boo Chisholm at number four of the Atlanta Swarm, and uh, Chris Curtis of Queen City Corsairs running off, uh, one of the vets in the league that is coming up and being in the top five when it comes down to receiving. Top rushing, we have Reggie Streeter continuing his dominance uh, 
going ahead and widening that gap of the Louisiana Revolution. So congratulations to him. Only a few hundred yards, uh, uh, less than 100 yards from being at 2,000 this season. So amazing job. We have Warren Murray of the Houston Hyenas at number two. Robert Redford of the uh, Vancouver Legion at number three. We have Colin Hart of the Sioux Falls Sparrows at number four. And then we have Denver Nightwings, uh, Gerard McChesney at number uh, five, rounding off those top uh, rushing uh, players. We have top defense. Uh, now, Mel Davis did lose the number one spot, but uh, we have DJ uh, Majesty of the Tulsa Desperados taking the number one spot from Mel Davis. We have uh, Mel Davis at number two of the Portland Fleet, Josh Reese of the Charleston Predators, uh, Brody Gulch of the Houston Hyenas, and then a veteran, E.K. Uh, Vincent of the Fort Worth Toros, running it off at the top five um, of the defensive players this week. We have the top special team players. Another Portland player has uh, dropped down the list, but it's okay because, again, they are at least the top at something. So we have uh, Max Jackson of Las Vegas Fury at number one, Shea Carroll of, of Carolina Skyhawks at number two, Gabriel Manning of the Tulsa Desperados at number three, Cameron Curtis of the Fort Worth Toros, and then Art Vandelay, my team, my uh, one of my players is of the Portland Fleet, is number five. So congratulations to you, uh, folks. We have top kickers. Kramer Jackman, continuing to dominate just like Reggie Streeter has been on the top leaderboards at number one for the Denver Nightwings at 100%, right? 100% of his field goals are made uh, out of his 29 attempts. So congratulations to him. We have Otis Boudreaux of the Las Vegas Fury, Anthony uh, Cece of the Jacksonville Kings, uh, Whistle Jones of the Carolina Skyhawks, and then Shark Tarkton, or, or Tarkington uh, of the uh, Baltimore Vultures at 100%. So, uh, again, congratulations to those kickers. Kickers matter, right, in this league and can definitely determine some of these games as you saw some of those close scores that we talked about earlier. Upcoming games. Now, I won't spend too much time on calling any of these games, but I do want to let folks know what games are coming up this week and what is actually the crowd play game of the, the week um, as well. So if you do want to tune into that, we talk about that app all the time, but honestly, it's a great way to engage with the league. Um, and you don't have to be like on Discord or on a team or anything like that. And you can actually win yourself uh, cash prizes and some gift cards and cool stuff like that. So Saturday, September 26th, we have Queen City at Mexico City at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's on 11 Sports and, and Twitch. Uh, we have um, Florida at Charleston at 5 p.m. That's on 11 Sports and Twitch. We have Tulsa at Lone Star, and that's at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that's on Twitch. Uh, and then we have uh, Chicago at Atlanta at 8.15, and that's on YouTube. So... That's your Saturday's uh, lineup. We have Sunday's lineup, September 27th. We have Carolina at Vancouver at 2 p.m. on 11 Sports and, and for the fans. We have Sioux Falls at Arizona at 4 p.m. And that's the 11 Sports and for the fans. We have uh, Jacksonville at Fort Worth at 6 p.m. Uh, 11 Sports and for the fans. And we have Baltimore at London at 9 p.m. And that's on Twitch. And we have Portland at Louisiana at 9.15 on YouTube. So all my Portland Fleet fans, that's where you're going to find us on Sunday, September 27th. On Monday, September 28th, we have St. Louis at Houston at 7 p.m. And that's uh, 11 Sports and for the fans. And then the crowd play game of the week is uh, Denver at Las Vegas at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And that will be on 11 Sports and for the fans. So, again, that's your week's lineup of games. You have some folks that are in the playoff runs. I mean, you name it, throw a dart. They're probably in the playoffs or trying to stay in the playoffs or still continue to hold their top seed so look out for some of these games again really exciting and it's exciting to see what teams 
uh, may make it and what teams may actually rise up and uh, be some contenders going on to this new season. So with that being said, I do want to introduce our um, guest of the evening, broadcaster extraordinaire. I want to say part of the duo of a, a great uh, broadcasting team, uh, Tim Hackett. Tim Hackett, how are you doing? Hey, Nelson. I am great, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm great. You know, uh, if you heard in the beginning of the show, I'm making some changes in my life. I'm doing some things that are um, making me feel better. And always every Friday night when I do this show, I have a blast doing it. Because, again, the thing that I enjoy most about this league is the people and the folks that make it happen. And you're one of those people, right? And um, I, I definitely appreciate you showing up tonight. I appreciate you joining and taking time to join the show. Um, and uh, I do want to also recognize, too, people probably don't know that you also have a player as well who plays for Chicago, right? <laughs> you're right. I think that maybe a lot of people don't know that. He's relatively new to the league. Uh, week three signing here in season, uh, season 15, so... Yeah, um, my player is Jack Hacksaw, the free safety of the Chicago Wildcats. That's me. Yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's crazy. And you know what? I knew you were a player. Even myself, I had to do research, right, to figure out exactly until – I, until I couldn't find the information I wanted. And then that's when I reached <laughs> out to you and said, hey, Tim, wh- who's your player and everything like that? And you laughed about it. But, again, thank you for joining me this evening. I, I definitely wanted to have you on for the person that you have been for the league, exciting commentary uh, when you and Mikey are always on air. You guys are a great duo, but I think what you do for the league and the excitement you're bringing and the professionalism to make it feel as realistic as possible, I want to thank you. Uh, and definitely, it's, it's, it's an honor to have you on the show tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. You do an awesome job. And, I mean, what you just said, I think, is going to be an early theme for us i think the fact that you have found something to do that you love the ability to do what you love in a league that means so much to you that you've already given so much to in such a short time uh, i think that's awesome whatever it is i i hope that everybody finds something that they love hopefully maybe even more than one thing right but if you love doing this show you put a lot of effort into it you do a really good job with it I don't know what more you can want as a as a viewer, as a listener, as a fan of the league. You do an awesome job, so I'm I'm grateful to be a part of it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know, sometimes hearing some of the work that you do, um, it shows that all those long nights and those things that you sacrifice to make this happen is really huge. And I know you, week in and week out, are always dedicating your time to the broadcasting. But before we get into all that. I, I do want to give folks an opportunity to know uh, about you. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I'll tell you anything you want. Uh, well, uh, my name is Tim Hackett. I'm 23 years old. I am from Raleigh, North Carolina, um, born and raised. And I uh, spent the last couple of years living near Chicago in Evanston, went to undergrad at uh, Northwestern University in Evanston. And uh, just a couple of months ago, I moved uh, out here to where I am now in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, just west of Kansas City, uh, working for a small university out here just south of Kansas City called Avila. Uh, they're an NAIA school, and I work in their athletic department. It really uh, has been a dream come true to be in this position. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I'm, I'm grateful to 
have a job that I really wanted, to be honest. I don't want to sound flippant and derisive, <laughs> but just in uh, the situation that we're in in this calendar year, it's been it's been a crazy time for me personally and for just about everybody in the world. So I, I'm yeah. really grateful to be in a in a in a good position with with supportive people. So um, I, I've always been a huge sports fan. It's been a dream of mine, a goal of mine to work in sports professionally to some extent and uh i'm really grateful for all the experience i've gotten to do with that in that regard uh, as a college student even as a high school student what i was able to do last year my first year out of college and now this year actually with a, a full-time job working in sports so sports has always been my favorite thing the general thing like that i have you know a couple of other fringe interests like that but um i've always been a huge sports fan just about every sport and uh i'm just really grateful to be where i am right now yeah, and then you're right, right? This year has been quite difficult. I, I've said a couple times in the show, like, my weeks are difficult because I, I'm in uh, retail, right? So we're considered yeah. an essential business. And, uh, you know, we're customers, we're trying to supply customers' needs, whatever that may be, and we're in the front lines. And we have to deal with those people who don't want to wear masks. We have to deal with, um, you know, real COVID situations. Like, I have associates who have gotten COVID in my store, right? Not oh, in the store, but you know, have gotten outside and, you know, worked in the store, we had to, you know, take the right precautions and we do health checks and all these things. But that stress, that added stress has been crazy, right? And to hear that you're able to still get some uh, jobs in something that you love to do um, is great, right? And it, like you said, it in this climate that we're in at the moment, that's really hard to do. So, yeah, that's really awesome. And you're Raleigh, North Carolina, I was actually going to mention that I have family in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Do you really? Yeah, I have family there. They, they, one of my cousins went to uh, the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Uh huh. That's the okay. one that they went to, right? And we were actually down there a few years ago in North Carolina. And I'm gonna tell you, you guys have a beautiful state. I, I think uh, it's <laughs> clean, it's uh, green, uh, and people are so friendly. That's probably why you're so nice, and you know, you say how it is because down there. Uh, there was no surprises. You know, you got to meet owners of businesses and people who have lived in North Carolina and enjoy it. And it was so nice. And I don't think I, there was a, a bad moment that we had in North Carolina, our whole stay there, which was about a week or so. So it's pretty awesome. So shout out to North Carolina. We're actually almost neighbors. I'm in Maryland. So okay, we're yeah. almost neighbors. But uh, you're in uh, Kansas City or Kansas, right? Is that what you said? close uh, to kansas city yes yeah uh, very eastern tip of kansas right out right outside of kansas city right now yeah yeah so uh, i'm pretty sure that's some pretty exciting stuff um you know congratulations you move on and do so much successful things just one year out of college like uh how many of those success stories do you really hear because honestly you come out of college and you feel like you're more you're, you're getting into debt more than you are getting into that dream career but when you see it go play right it's inspiring. Uh, no kidding. I, I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't sure, you know, what my life would look like before, uh, let's call it March, right? Uh, I was, you know, six months out of college working a bunch of part-time jobs. Uh, I was fortunate to be working in a lot of places that I absolutely loved doing things that I really wanted to do, but it was tenuous, right? I mean, there was nothing... Yeah. Uh, there were a few things that were guaranteed uh, and I knew that it was going to be unsustainable for me because like you just said, <laughs> student debt is a real thing for myself yeah. and for my family. So uh, I knew that that was not really going to be 
sustainable long term as much as I really wanted it to be. So I was looking for, you know, full time jobs in North Carolina. Uh, I was kind of I was commuting back and forth all over the place for the stuff that I was doing. Um, so, I was, you know, try, picking between one of two regions, trying to find a full time job there to supplement what I was doing. And then when uh, the virus hit in mid-March, I remember right where I was because I was producing uh, radio broadcasts at the time, live sports radio, which was amazing. That was March 11th was my last game because two days later it was going to be Friday the 13th. So we were all uh, kind of ready for that to be the <laughs> the, uh, the bad omen. And it happened two days prior to that. But anyway, uh, everything shut down, right? And yeah. uh, I had four part-time jobs at that time. And within a couple of weeks, I had zero. Uh, and I'm not trying to make this a poor, pitiful me type deal because I know a ton of people have had it so much worse than I have. And I'm so very lucky to have uh, had a bit of a fail safe in place that I can stay with my family at home in North Carolina for a while. And then I'm really lucky that I was able to find this job here in Kansas City that has welcomed, has welcomed me, has given me, uh, me a, a real rookie, an opportunity to, to learn, to grow and to uh, try to help make our athletic department here better than how I found it. That's That's really my goal. But yeah, it was a weird couple of months for me, Nelson, and uh, that's why I'm really, really grateful that I found the SFL as well. Uh, it's really all kind of come together for me over the last few months. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, man. And I've been on the other side of that, having to tell people that unfortunately we're going to have to furlough them for the time sure. being until we can figure out this pandemic because sure we didn't know what to expect. I didn't, I didn't expect to be in September, almost in October. And still being in this situation where we still have to practice social distancing, we still have to wear masks, we still have to deal with everything we have to deal with on a daily basis and still protect loved ones at the same time. So crazy, but I'm really glad to hear you you were able to get work again because um, I know that's not easy. Um, and I'm glad it was in, in a place that you, you wanted to go. Now, speaking about the SFL, like you were saying before, right, you were fortunate to have this. What is your SFL story, right? Um you know, how did you end up finding the league and how did you end up getting to where you're currently at now? Well, uh, to be honest with you, my story is a, a pretty easy one. It's uh, a story of complete happenstance. Uh, I am in the SFL solely due to the efforts of one person, somebody that you know and your listeners and fans of our league know very well, one uh, Mike and Proda. Uh, it's a, the backstory is actually pretty interesting. I'll go, I'll, I'll tell it quickly. So he used to work with my mom, uh, at a company. And when I was at Northwestern in Evanston, uh, they met at a company meetup in Naperville, Illinois, which is not too far from where, uh, the Northwestern campus is. So my mom had come up to go to this, you know, uh, event and, you know, see me at the time I was a freshman at that point. And she just happened to meet Mike. They they don't work together. They don't really have any you know anything to do with each other. But they just happened to you know meet at this event. Uh, they were talking. He mentioned you know how much how big of a sports fan he is. He used to play college soccer. He's always been a competitive athlete. Things like that. And she said, oh well, hey, you know I have this obnoxious son who wants to be a sports broadcaster and a sports journalist. Can I foist some of his clips on you? And Mike, being the nice guy that he is said sure yeah. i'm happy to listen to that and so she played him with a few you know clips that i had this was maybe i don't remember the the date but like november of my freshman year so i barely had anything and she still uh to her this <laughs> means a lot to me that she would do this uh played you know whatever she had of me for him and apparently he was impressed i guess and then i mean 
literally that was my freshman year. So uh, four and a half years later, he calls me uh, in uh, probably April, I think, of this year, uh, just out of nowhere. Uh, he said, "Hey, you know, t- this is Mike and Proda, and uh, he told me all this. St- he told me, he told me the stories. Like, yeah, you know, I I used to work with your mom, and she showed me your clips so long ago, and I, I think you would be an awesome addition to the league." And I was just like, "Well, I have no idea what this is. I certainly I know that I'm not alone with uh, you know some of your listeners and plenty of the other folks in the league that I had never heard of the SFL before, and I know that Cam Irvine doesn't take offense to that because, like I said." A lot of other people were in the same way. It's not a bad thing because now we've all been changed for the better, right? Now that we know what it is, but I never heard of it. He told me, hey, you know, look it up, see what you think. I'll send you some information if you're interested and we'll go forward from there. And I said, I mean, okay, sure. We'll see what's up. Uh, And I'm really glad that I did. So I chatted with him a couple of times. He said, you know, here's the situation. They want broadcasters. Uh, I know that you're interested in this. Um, I don't know if this would be something that you would, find fun and I said I mean sure I'll give it a shot um you know we'll see what's up but uh, honestly that turned into an awesome awesome idea uh and I'm so grateful that he thought of me somebody he's never I've never met the guy you know uh, especially with this year he lives in Rhode Island I lived in North Carolina uh, he met my mom once in person for you know a day or two or however long it was uh, I've never met him and years after that initial interaction Something that she said that she must have talked me up, but good, uh, uh, that made him want to give me a call. And I'm so grateful that he did. Uh, I I really owe it all to him. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mikey's such a great guy. Now, I want to say before we say anything else, man, your Mikey and Proda impression is pretty (laughs) spot on. I'm not even going to lie. I think you can really mimic his voice so well and I don't know if it's because you guys are such a great duo or whatnot but it's <laughs> awesome you know I, I think again we, you guys have such a connection and I, I, we spoke about how you guys are such a duo with one another how you balance each other you know with the explosiveness of Mikey and you coming in very calm and collected but very strong in your voice right like it's it's such a great balance amongst you two um, that I think it's just awesome just to, to, to say that right and it's oh yeah go ahead no i was just i i was i didn't mean to interrupt i, I am grateful that <laughs> no we've uh we've, we've had this convert this combination because i mean t- to be honest what's awesome about it is that this is who we are i don't know how to be the big uh this is no no slight intended i i, I am generally a more reserved type of guy I can be big and gregarious if I need to but I'm usually more even keel and he is just naturally uh, just vivacious which makes for a really awesome balance like you were just saying and the fact that you uh, pick up on that 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 resonates to you as a as a viewer and as a fan of the league uh, that means a lot to me and to us as a pair that we're able to you know have that sort of interaction that we bounce off of each other that well I I think it's awesome to be honest I, I love it yeah and you know to to see that and he brought you in and show you this new world right like you know you're right like i I talk about my story all the time i didn't know about the league prior to mel right mel davis our our director of player personnel our oc he uh he's the one that told me like hey you might be into this because you're into madden gm mode and you know that that kind of led to where i'm at here so to hear that's similar to your story on him reaching out four years later to know like hey 
you that means potentially you were in the back of the mind saying, hey, I know somebody who was a really good announcer that we love to bring in the league, and that brought talent into our league that we might have not expected. Uh, touching on the point of your mom actually looking out for you, that um, it's awesome, right? Like moms uh, are great for for those people who don't know. I lost my mother um, in 2010 uh, to cancer, right? So I'm a big advocate for cancer research and, and any of those foundations. But um, I, I, my mom did the same thing for me. You know, it's, I appreciate it. Thank you, right? Like uh, it made me be more appreciative to my parents because I only have my father now, so. I I spend more time with him. I appreciate him. I, I listen to his wisdom a little bit more uh, since I lost my mother. But I also urge my wife and my friends and, and people around me to spend time with their parents because you never know when it's their time to go. And uh, once they leave, it, you don't have those moments anymore. So try to create them and spend the time and get to know everything you want to know prior to them passing away. Because once it happens, uh, the legacy is with you. So... But your story is parallel to a situation she did with me. So uh, I was a big Power Rangers fan when I was a kid, right? Um, okay. <laughs> and uh, I used to really, really, really resonate with the Black Ranger, uh, Zach. And now his real name is Walter uh, Jones, right? But, you know, it was really, you know, uh, I really could resonate with him. I don't know, minority, minority, who knows what it was. But I really enjoyed him, right? And uh, my mother right being the great woman that she is she was into media so she one day was you know at an event and he happened to be there so my mom's like oh my gosh you're the guy who my son loves so very much on tv right he named i'm not gonna lie to you i think like six different animals after this character like i was like zach zach you know whatever right and uh he my mom told him and everything he was like that's so crazy that's so amazing this is before he did all the awesome cons and you know he was having you know, regular events. And he was like, hey, look, so I'm a salsa teacher. Didn't even know this. He's like, I'm a salsa teacher, and I want to uh, invite you guys to come to my studio, and I'll be happy to talk to your son and meet him. Now, that never happened, right? Uh, My mother passed away and all that stuff, and I never got a chance to meet him in that setting. But fast forward, he comes to town uh, at something called AwesomeCon, and uh, he goes ahead, and and he's at at the event, and I tell him the story, and he goes, oh, my gosh, I remember your mom. She was a small Spanish lady. He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that I remember so much about that. Um, and, I, and, you know, I was telling him how I learned he was a salsa dance, uh, salsa instructor, and he was like, whoa, like, most people don't even know that fun fact about him or whatnot. And it led off to me actually having a really great connection, and he took a picture and, and all this stuff, and he actually was like, hey, look, just to look out for this meeting, like, you just, I'm just going to charge you for the picture. I'm not going to charge you for, like, all the stuff that I signed for you and all that stuff. So I found that really wow. cool. But I think that's such a great parallel, what you were talking about with your mom saying, hey, my son is so passionate about this that I'm going to do anything in my power to get him there. And even if it meant giving it to somebody who may or may may or may not do something <laughs> with it, it was a great thing that she did. It uh, shows how much your mother loves you. So shout out to all the moms out there and all the mothers who are listening as well. That is an awesome story. You are a really good storyteller, Nelson. You got a gift for this thing, man. That is that is an awesome story, and I'm I, it's it's great to see how much your mom meant and and still means to you. That that I, I mean it's, it's really touching, dude. Awesome. Yeah, man. She uh, she was a big influence for me. But this is where again where I get to do this great stuff that I love, 
and uh you know maybe that's one of the reason why I'm, I'm such a great storyteller because i've lived it and it's something that has made me who sure. I am. before we get into into that uh, what's a fun fact about you that most people don't know like uh we will i guess i gave one away that you're a free safety in this league under jack uh hacksaw but um what, what fun <laughs> fact about you that people may not know or that you'd like to share with us tonight uh oh man uh I hate talking about myself. I think there are plenty more interesting people we could talk about, but I, <laughs> since I'm here to do it, I will do my best. Um, I mean, I don't know. My basic fun fact that I always give is that um, I'm, co- I'm partially colorblind, which is always a fun little tidbit. Other people seem to find that more fun than I do. Uh, it's really not, a, it's really not that unique to be honest, uh, but it's, it's something that not everybody knows about me unless you see me wearing a, a disgusting combination of shirt and pants. And you're like, how did he, why did he, come up with that and I would say well because I don't really know what I'm doing but other than that um the other fun thing is that I mean honestly I kind of spilled the beans myself is that um I I'm a I'm an, I'm an amateur impressionist um it's like one of my favorite you know forms of comedy or whatever um I, I love just screwing around doing my best to um impersonate other people uh usually it's uh, it, it's a uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery is what I try to say yeah. is uh, <laughs> I, I hate to offend I hate to offend people so I usually only do it when I know that they won't take it the wrong way um, but because uh, I know that some people have been offended in the past and that is I, I hate when that happens it makes me feel awful so I try to not <laughs> do that unless I know that it will go over well uh, but yeah that's kind of my hidden talent I, I guess Uh that you know, I, I'm not I'm not perfect, and I my range is not as good as I want it to be to be an actual you know impressionist. But I, I have a few, I guess, and uh, it, it's just it, I really enjoy it. I think it's fun. Yeah, that, that and you know what I caught that glimpse, and I'm telling you, you I'm very interested to know who else you can you can do impressions of because you uh-huh. hit Mikey and Proto <laughs> so well. But that's awesome, right? Like you, you talked about how you were more even keel. And, uh, and and kind of that, that that person who wouldn't be putting themselves out there like that. And uh, I think a fun fact, knowing that you actually <laughs> do impressions and have some type of comedy about it, it's pretty cool. Shows you breaking out of that that type of uh, situation and, and expressing who you are. So pretty cool. Now the broadcasting side, I know not how you got involved, but how was that process like? I think we don't really. Anybody coming into the league, and I know recently they posted up asking for folks to be broadcasters now for the minors, um, but how did that process go for you? Was it something that Mikey put you, like, sent you personally, or did you have to, did you find it in the SFL? Like, did he tell you where to go, or, like, how did that process happen for you to end up being a uh, broadcaster? Yeah, I think that's an awesome question. Uh, to be honest, they make it really easy for prospective broadcasters to get out there and try it. And I think that's what's awesome about the SFL uh, period is that it gives you, gives everybody the opportunity to try something that maybe they've always wanted to do or never knew that they wanted to do and get out there and give it a try in a quote unquote virtual setting so that now you can see, hey, I know what it's like. Maybe I can apply this in the quote unquote real world if you allow me to, to use that. Because we treat this yeah. as real, uh, trust me, as broadcasters, but you know what I mean. Uh, once I, you know, got on board with Mikey, he said, all right, cool. You know, you've got a, 
join the Discord uh, and go from there. So once I did that, created a, a user or whatever, um, I linked up with uh, Mike Daggs, who's the broadcast director, and Chris Curtis, who's the assistant broadcast director. They are two excellent pass catchers in the SFL and two really good dudes as well. They kind of coordinate the whole broadcast team. So I met with Chris Curtis virtually. Uh, he sent me a couple of rosters, um, somewhat old, some of old SFL teams uh, like Jacques Luyendula was one of the quarterbacks hasn't been in the league for a year or two now, just, you know, for comparison's sake. Uh, and uh, you know, you told them what role you wanted to do. So Mikey did the same thing, you know, a week or two prior to me, he said, I want to try being the color analyst. I said, I'd like to try being the play-by-play commentator and Curtis filled the other role. And we just kind of did a demo broadcast for, uh, I mean, as I recall, a couple of drives. So we set up our internet connection, uh, our, the screen sharing software that Cam Irvine has adopted for the league, which is absolutely magical. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and Curtis and I did a, uh, a demo broadcast like that for, I mean, you know, 10 minutes. And uh, he gave me some feedback and said, look, you know, uh, you've got, you know, I think you've got what it takes. Uh, you clearly got the experience. You've got uh, Mike and Proda's endorsement, all that stuff, <laughs> whatever that's worth. Uh, so we'd love to have you. Um, and then what's awesome about the minor league, and Mike mentioned this briefly, I know, um, and that it's brand new, obviously, this is its second year, as you know better than anybody. Uh, it gives broadcasters especially, and also coaches, general managers, and players, the opportunity to try things before they get into the SFL proper, if you will, so, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be calling games for years now, but I've never, I had never called a game like this. I had never done a broadcast for uh, an eSports. I had certainly never worked with Mike before. So being <laughs> in the minor leagues and we did, well, it, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> we, we did eight games together in the minor leagues and that was, that experience was just fantastic for us to learn how to build that rapport and we got loads better as the minor league season went on i had no yeah, idea what i was doing together. uh was we, exactly we grew together and that is part of their goal uh dags and curtis and, and cam as a you know as a staff to develop broadcast teams like you see in the nfl the real world if you will you don't see yeah. those commentator groups break up every week maybe they change up in the off season but they spend a long time developing those uh, those pairings sometimes the three-man booth and you bring in the sideline reporter that whole unit they spend a lot of time building that chemistry and that's why that is such a a desired commodity it's why somebody like joe buck and troy aikman have been together for 17 years now i think and obviously you know they have their fans and their detractors but being together for so long is only a good thing on air uh, off air, maybe not, but on air, it's only a good thing. So the fact that Mike and I have now been together for 18 games, uh, he is now the longest tenured broadcast partner that I've ever had. Uh, I've never wow. called more games with anybody than him. And like I said, I've been so fortunate to be doing this in some capacity for uh, like seven or eight years now. Um, I'm so, so lucky for that, but you know, I've not had a partner, uh, as consistent as Mike and as long as he will still have me then uh, we'll, we're going to keep it up but yeah that's what the process was like being in the minor leagues was awesome for me and him and I know for a couple of other folks who are new to the SFL uh, major league ranks this year and it was just another great way for 
some of the veterans to get uh, practice, learn about new people, meet new players and, and coaches, and work on new partnerships. And it's going to be a, the same thing is going to be the same for season two as they try to work in new broadcasters because we always need more, no question about it. So uh, having that uh, selfishly, just from the broadcast team perspective, has been an awesome addition to the SFL. And I think that's, that's awesome to kind of see that back end of it, right? Uh, what you're talking about and, and, and understanding why certain duos are always on every night or at least try to be. And uh, it's really awesome to see their vision, right? I, I always know what Cam said his vision for the league was, which is to always make it realistic and then to make sure there's a, a group of, of people who do this together so you can build that chemistry, build that camaraderie and know how to actually make yeah. it entertaining. Because, again, you are entertaining the, the audience as well as what's happening on, on, on the field. It's pretty awesome. And I did stats for a little bit. And I'm, I'm talking about a little bit. And uh, <laughs> honestly, um, just to see everything in the background, it's amazing. It's a, it's, it's a full production happening online that you're seeing happening in real time. The breaks, the commentary amongst broadcasters, the feedback from the producers. Um, you're trying to keep up with everything. Like, it's so crazy. And to have it go so smoothly that if you're watching it on TV, you'll never know. Like, never know. Um I think it's pretty awesome. So, again, uh, uh, good stuff. So, what do you think is going to be the next level when it comes down to to that broadcasting? So, it, you know, where do you see do you see the broadcasting evolving any more than what you're seeing now? You mean uh, for the SFL as a, as a whole? Yeah, as a whole. Um, I mean, absolutely. I I think we can continue to improve, no question about it. And I think that the the three uh, figureheads that I've mentioned, Cam, Mike Daggs, and Chris Curtis, would also would also agree with that. Uh, what they've introduced over the last you know couple of seasons has really uh, uh, all been working towards what you just said, Cam Irvine's goal to make it realistic. Having the stats team, which is awesome that you were a part of it, I've been a part of it as well. Uh, having that, the fact that that even exists is tremendous. Uh, I will say to dovetail slightly, you know, I covered high school sports. Uh, one, that was one of my part-time jobs this past year uh, with a friend of mine, Jeff Hamlin, in Central North Carolina, and I absolutely loved it. But I had zero live stats for that, right? Any live stats that I had, I had to take myself on top of you know actually calling the game and transitioning to commercial breaks and all that stuff. It's not easy to do all of it at once. So I tried. It's very difficult for football. Uh, I just gave up, right, trying to track tackles and all that stuff while I was actually trying to do the play-by-play. So the fact that we have these live stats, even if they're not 100% perfect and and it's impossible for them to be, uh, it's really hard. Uh, The fact that we have something to go off of just adds so much to the broadcast. Because I could say, you know, for the game that Mike and I did this past week, we could say, yeah, you know, uh, Brett Killian is is having a really good game today for – for Vancouver and you're listening to that saying like, I mean, okay, yeah, sure. But what does that mean? Now we can look over at our stat sheet and tell you he's got 217 receiving yards through three and a half quarters, which is a season high. That adding that context is just so awesome and does so much as a listener. And as a viewer, you say, now I understand why he's having, what is it that's making it so he has a good game or whatever. Now we've just gone that extra step. And so I think 
that is the next step for the SFL, for us as a broadcast team to good, continue to, to, uh, to, to work on stuff when you're not on. I know that, you know, uh, Mike and I put in a lot of work, a lot of time and hours, if you will, preparing for our broadcast every week. Uh, I know it's not feasible for everybody. Uh, we all have busy lives, right? But uh, yeah. putting in that prep work is what really makes the difference. I would love to see that be kind of uh, uniform across the board, I guess. Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't have a necessarily a, a, a strong path forward, but uh, having the graphics that Cam and Marcus Agrippa have worked on this year uh, has been awesome. You can see like actual physical storylines that help enhance the broadcast yeah. go along with some of those stats. Yeah. It's awesome. They've done a real, a lot of really, really good work. Yeah. I think the evolution of the league in the small time, because I have been in the league since season 14, uh, the beginning of season 14, right? So uh-huh. to see the, the growth and the evolution of talent that's on air to the presentation of everything, really huge stuff. And, and I think, again, it, it's, it's crazy to see how all that has come together and what you guys have to do each week to put the product out that you guys do day in and day out. And I mean, your skill set that you were able to do both at the same time and not have a team like now and, and you know, shout outs to everybody who makes this happen on a day-to-day basis, not even just a day-to-day basis, but blocking out some of your whole weekends just to be able to put this on. Uh, thank you very much, but awesome stuff to know and but at least you got a skill set now if uh something happens with stats you can keep a quick track uh, on your own yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you know broadcasting seems to be a really huge thing for you what, what do you love uh most about being a broadcaster like what what exactly about that uh has always appealed to you and you know what do you really love about it that's an awesome question uh, i wish i had an awesome answer uh the, this, the basic thing that I can say is I, I love everything about it. It is my absolute favorite thing to do. Um, I've been, you know, messing about doing play-by-play for like neighborhood basketball games and baseball games and video games where I would play by myself since I was in, you know, third or fourth grade or whatever. And I really started getting into sports. So I didn't really care too much about it when I was a kid. You know, I know some people, typically guys, I guess, but some people are really into sports from, you know, when they're three years old or whatever, and they're playing, you know, whatever yeah. sport it might be, soccer, basketball from a young age, that was never me. Uh, I was never really into it until I was about 10 years old. And then it just hit me all of a sudden, I was really into just about everything. And I was always this loudmouth little pain kid. I would talk on the sidelines during our PE classes. Our PE coaches hated me when I was a kid for good reason. Uh, and uh, that was just kind of what I would do. I would just kind of narrate the action, say what was happening to myself and often louder than that and getting me in trouble. Uh, and now I've been able to parlay that into a, into a career, right? So what do you know? Uh, and, and ironically enough, those two PE coaches that I made life miserable for when I was in fourth grade uh, turned into two of my biggest allies by the time I was in seventh grade. And they really helped me actually get on the course to becoming a broadcaster. So those two guys mean a whole lot to me. Uh, they did not owe me or they did not owe me anything for how much of a pain in the rear I was as a little kid, but uh, I'm grateful to them anyway. Uh, th- so that was always kind of my thing. I love just this. It sounds kind of bad, but I love the idea that I'm saying what is going on, but it's like having a conversation. I think that 
it's not good for my job security to say this, but you as a viewer can watch any sporting event if it's on television without me as a broadcaster and you'll be fine. That's why people love to say like, oh, if this broadcaster's on, I'm going to mute it because I can't stand to listen to them. You'll be fine if there's no broadcaster, if you know what's going on. However, I think a good broadcaster makes the viewing experience that much better. That is self-serving to say, I understand. But just I think that we as broadcasters and as media personnel are there to augment the experience and make it better for the fans. That is what I believe my job is. Now, if you're listening to a game on the radio, for example, and I have loved doing radio broadcasts for the last couple of years. Now, obviously, again, this is self-serving to say, but you can't know what's happening unless I'm there to tell it to you, right? So, again, it makes me seem really self-important, and I don't mean it for that way to sound that way, but that to me, being able to, you know, uh, use vocabulary to describe what's happening, to tell stories about the people that are in the game, that's the really important thing for any form of journalism and media is to, as which is why I love Mike and Proto so much, why I think he does such a good job, as well as anybody, of telling the stories behind the league. Because I can throw uh, facts and stats at you, like I was just saying, Brett Killian has over 200 receiving yards, but Mike can tell you where Brett Killian is from, what his nickname is, how he's had so many nicknames in his life, what he wants, what you know, what his goal in life is, things like that. That's what really matters in this league, yeah. especially because the players, they're not, they're not real, right? You know, again, not to be disparaging, but the per- my player on the field is not real. I don't have any control over what he does, but as if a fan who's watching a Chicago Wildcats game wants to know about who Jack Hacksaw is, they would get to learn about who he is behind the scenes. And that is what is really important. And that is what I think Mike does better than just about anybody is telling the stories behind the person, the person behind the player, I like to say. So that to me is the, what I really enjoy about being a broadcaster is yeah, calling the play by play. I love doing that, uh, throwing out some vocab, being a part of the action, uh, calling a buzzer beater, things like that. That's tremendous. That's so much fun. But then yeah. also telling the stories about the people who are actually making it happen. Yeah, and and, and that's the that's the dynamic deal that I talk about, right? That's that balance. Uh, you need both, right? You need that recognition of the stats, and you need that recognition of the person behind it, right? And um, I think that's re- that's really cool that you you know what you really love about it. I think that's that's what makes it personal. That's why people enjoy listening to podcasts more than radio shows and stuff like that because podcasts get very intimate like we were talking now right and yeah. uh i want to share too like teachers right like i think teachers involved teachers really make a difference um i had a couple in high school because i was a knucklehead um that would <laughs> uh make sure that i was on the right path and you know they would i got in trouble when i would sometimes go to court for some stuff and uh they would show up to my court cases and they would be like, "Hey, this this kid is really smart. Don't 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 make don't let him make this mistake and end it all here. Let's trust me. We're trying to work with him, and he is improving. He is getting better. And you know, convince these judges who never seen that before in their life to say, "Hey, give this kid another chance." So, wow. uh, I appreciate teachers that really invest in their students because you don't know how much of an impact that really makes onto people until now where I'm able to say, Hey, I'm living a great, not a great life, right. But a very happy life, <laughs> fulfilling life, uh, because of, uh, a teachers who, instead of saying, ah, well, that's just another uh, statistic for the books. 
went ahead and said, nah, I see something special in this kid. And um, I got to make sure that he stays on the right path until he's out of this school. And whatever happens out of this school is outside of school. But at least I gave him a fighting chance. So shout out to sure. those teachers and, and, and whatnot. But um, this going to get into the Jack Hacksaw. How did you come up with this? Because I, I feel like... <laughs> Once I found out that was you, I was like, man, um, makes sense. I don't know why I feel like it makes sense. I think it's the Hackett and the Hacksaw. Um, But walk me through how you came up with Jack Hacksaw. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, to be honest with you, uh, uh, Mike has the dynamite moniker. Uh, Hacksaw has been my nickname uh, since 10th grade, I never really had like a nickname. You know, I was, I was always Timmy when I was a kid. That's what my family's always called me, which makes sense. Uh, and, but Hacksaw was a name that was given to me. Okay. Going into ninth grade, actually, I'll give you the brief story because this is what leads into my, that fun fact about myself. I used to be super, I'm pretty even keel, like I said, but I used to be really, really, really shy and reserved and timid and all that stuff. Uh, and then I used to act a little bit when I was in grade school, nothing really serious. We didn't really, you know, do a whole big deal. But then I got back into theater in high school and I absolutely love it. Uh, I love everything about that. That really helped me get out of my shell and turn into not, you know, a big gregarious person like, uh, like Mike, for example, or like my mom is, or my sister is, but, um, a more confident, more self-assured person, certainly than how I started. And uh, an audition going into a show that I was doing in ninth grade or that I was trying to do in ninth grade, one of the guys named Adam Norris, super awesome dude. Uh, just I'd never really done an audition before, not for anything like as significant as, as that. Uh, and apparently he was just so impressed by what I did in the audition. I don't know how this was true, but he told me, he's like, man, I'll never forget this. He's like, man, I was so, you you rocked it. You sliced through that audition. You were like a hacksaw or something. That's what I'm going to call you from now on. You are going to be Mr. Hacksaw. And so the drama department there, <laughs> they ate that up uh, because we're all theater kids, right? So yeah. uh, they ate that up and that became my nickname for uh, those folks in high school. Uh, and it kind of carried into college as well. My closest friends knew that that was my nickname so that was kind of what only some people close to me in, in college would call me and so um it's very close to my last name already like you said i don't know if that was adam's design or if it was a happy accident i think more of the former but i don't know and so i was always uh, tim hacksaw hackett for the longest time and uh for my player name i thought that would be fun and i think jack hacksaw just kind of rolls nicely um i think it's a cool little like shock jock uh, DJ name type of deal. Um, I thought that would always be a fun yeah. DJ name. So like you're listening to the 10 o'clock rock block with Jack Hacksaw. Uh, that was always kind of yeah. my alternate <laughs> persona in that case. So yeah, that's, that's really how that came about. Um, it's it's uh, a long winded answer, I guess, but uh, it's just kind of an homage to my past, I guess. No, I mean, it, that's what interests me about nicknames and about stories behind that and when folks decide to choose because we talked about it right off air of course but we talked about the separation of tim hackett the professional the broadcaster and the player who's on the field uh you know jack hacksaw and i think again for folks to understand because i hope i always 
want folks to learn when they when they hear the show, learn something or get something out of it, or whatever the case may be, or they just shooting the shit with me, that's cool too, right? Um, but I, I think again that uh, to hear that creative process is cool, right? Because I love hearing the creative process to anything. But then understanding that the connection that you have and, and, and how you came to be with this name and, and title is pretty cool, man. Uh, really good stuff to kind of see. Now, how did you end up deciding to take free safety? Was that something that just opened up? Like, were you attracted to free safety or were you just like, hey, there's an opening in Chicago with somebody that I work with closely? You know, how did uh, the, you know, the free safety thing happen? I think now is as good a time as any to bring in the other main character in this in this story. Um, Shan Varner, the former owner of the Chicago Wildcats, is the second biggest reason that I'm in the, the SFL and even got into it in the first place. Mike is the first biggest reason, as everybody knows. But uh, Shan, of course, was the, uh, the owner of the Wildcats. Mike had played for them last season. So Mike said, Look, uh, you know, we, I really want you to be on our team, not just be on my broadcast team, but I want you to be on our roster. So I'm going to link you up with Shan and you can talk with him about that if you're interested. And I was like, well, you know, I don't really know if I want to have a player. I, I, you know, just really am interested in just kind of doing the broadcast and, and, you know, seeing where it goes just to, you know, tie myself over for a little while until things kind of get back to normal in 2020. Obviously, like you said, things have yet to get back to normal, right? But um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, any, anyway, that aside, uh, I, I quickly realized that I really enjoyed the league, and I said, all right, you know what? I would like to go forward with having a player. Uh, a couple of weeks into the minor leagues, I decided that that would be uh, something that would be a, really a lot of fun. I, I was sold. And so I was on the phone with Shan, you know, maybe two weeks after my first conversation with Mike, and um, he kind of, you know, told me some of the plans that he had for the team, uh, some of the plans that he had for uh, the roster, how things would shake out. And the short version is um, that he figured that free safety would be a position that would be open. He also knew of a couple of other positions that might or might not be available. And he said, look, you know, uh, to his credit, I, I do think Shan is a really good dude. He and I have a lot in common. Uh, he said, look, I, I, you know, I really want you on the team. Mike thinks highly of you. Uh, I, I think highly of you. I would love for you to be on the team. And I said, I mean, okay, uh, I, I feel the same. If you want me, then I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Let's do it. And it must have been hard for him because as fans of the league know, the guy that I replaced succeeded is uh, Maurice Spurgeon, who is a longtime friend and teammate of Shan's. They go back to pretty much the beginning of their tenures in the SFL together. And as Shan tells it, uh, Mo decided that, you know, he just was going to be done with the SFL about this time in his life. That's fair enough. And so they needed a replacement for him and they chose me. Um, There's nothing specific about free safety. I don't have like a cool position based uh, story like Mike does about uh, being a a ball carrier, but uh, I never played free safety. I was a grade school quarterback, middle school linebacker, high school offensive line. Um, I don't, I told Shan, I don't care where you put me and not to sound like I am disinterested or, you know, disaffected by it all. I said, you put me where you need me. I will do my best to contribute to the team, to the league, however I can. So I was like, look, if you want to put me at middle linebacker, I would love it. That would be, you know, my top position. Uh, But Chicago has Buddy Blaze and Clint Hendershot. 
as their linebackers, and that is one of the best linebacker duos in the league, objectively speaking. Those two guys weren't going anywhere, so there was no space there. I said, if you want me a wide receiver, you can. If you know you've got a spot at free safety, put me there. I don't care. I want to be part of the team. If you want me as part of the team, you can put me wherever you think is best. He said, okay, I appreciate it. You're going to be our free safety starting in week three. Uh, and he had to bid farewell to his pal Maurice, and I know that was hard for him. And we had to then bid farewell to Shan a couple of weeks after for that. And I can tell you that that was hard for us. Uh, we hope to yeah. see him again. But uh, anyway, that that is how I came into that position. I, I mean, that's the the literal answer. As a player, I like being the last line of defense. That was what my dad always taught me when I was learning how to play football growing up. Is that you know that is the the last person there to try to fix up any mistakes that are made. I think we have an awesome defense, objectively speaking. We don't make a whole lot of mistakes, but if there is somebody that breaks through, and there are loads of good offensive players in this league, if somebody breaks through, then it's my player's job to get in there and plug up the holes. So that's kind of, uh, honestly, kind of fits with my personality. I don't want to be, I don't need to be a big star. Uh, I don't need to be um, somebody like Clint Hendershot, who's not a huge star and doesn't, you know, seek that attention either, but he is an amazing player. I don't need to be that feature player that gets all the headlines. I'm happy to kind of lurk in the in the background and come up and make an impact when I'm needed. Uh, answer, the, yeah. answer the door when I'm called upon type deal. That's kind of how I operate. So, and, I, and honestly, that position kind of works out well for me. Yeah, and it's, it sounds like it does. And also it sounds like it too that you're replacing a person who is uh, pretty great. So, uh, you know, for you to be able to, to replace them speaks volumes of what they saw the potential in you being, right? Not just to fill a need, but to also fill it with somebody who was going to be impactful and, and probably carry the same type of legacy uh, moving forward. So did you consider, uh, uh, did you think of, of any other positions that you may have considered playing? I know you said middle linebacker, but was there anything else? Uh, I think wide receiver was really the only other position that was um, possibly going to be open around the time that they wanted to bring me uh, into the league. And then the same week, uh, uh, the, the Wildcats added in, excuse me, added in Greg Soto, who is now our number one wide receiver, offensive coordinator, and now acting head coach. Um, so that was obviously a huge addition for the team. Uh, more so, Obviously now more so now than we ever would have imagined in the offseason, of course, right, to be honest. Um, but Greg is uh, is a good dude. Uh, his wide receiver is awesome. Uh, he is getting a really awesome chance to learn how to run an offense right now. Uh, it's been a tough, you know, last two thirds of the season for us as a team. But he is getting awesome experience trying to figure out how to work things in the SFL. I sure as hell did, would not be able to do that. So props to him for being willing to learn on the fly. So that was really the only other position that might have been open. I said, look, yeah, if you want to put me your wide receiver. That's awesome. That would be a ton of fun. Uh, but I think at that point he may have known, uh, talking about Shan, that, that Greg was interested in coming aboard as well. And obviously that position has really fit for him. That kind of befits his personality. He's the Cuban missile, right? Flashy yeah. dude. Uh, good, really big, uh, really big, but good personality. Uh, he's good as a wide receiver, right? Kind of fits. So uh, I, I think that that's worked out in terms of our, our players on the field, if nothing else. But those are really, I think, the final two options for me. Yeah, those, are, those are pretty still good, pretty good options. But like you said, I think free safety fits you best because of what you're the last line of defense and you're honestly the person that they have to rely on before a big play can really happen. So I think it ended up working out. Now, 
getting into the league itself, right, and, and, and kind of seeing, what do you know most about uh, the NFL? I think the fact that it gives – I think I mentioned this briefly, but the fact that it gives some everybody an opportunity to try something. Uh, what What's really cool about – and again, I, I know that, that, that Cam and Andrew Rustelli and all the, the higher-ups know that I don't mean any uh, – I hope at least that they know I don't mean any insult by this by – saying it's not real it's very real to them especially but, but what i mean is is that we're not actually out on the field running around and throwing and catching the ball and making the tackles of course that's all i mean so since we're not actually the ones physically out there doing that it gives so many people the opportunity to be out there and seem as if they are the ones doing that like i said i used to play football as a kid i was terrible i, w- I played for like a year in high school and then was done. So I didn't really amount to anything. Now I get to be out there and be a starting free safety for one of the best defenses in a league. Like I am a part of something that is exciting to me as a sports fan, because I've never really been part of that as an actual athlete. So you see all of these other people in the league who have literally never had the opportunity to be part of something like that. I mean, there's a couple of former college athletes in, in the league, like, um, uh, I think Shaw Allen, right from your Portland yep. fleet. I think used to play college sports. Um, Derek, uh, a couple well. of other folks. What's it say again? Sorry. Derek as well. Derek uh, uh, played okay. as well. I think he plays uh, semi-pro. Okay. Yeah, and there's a couple of you know former uh, arena league guys or whatever. A couple of uh, former college athletes, like I said. So they've at least you know had that experience, but they didn't play in the NFL, right? Uh, yeah. So they get to now see. They get to continue to live that dream. And sometimes, you know, you get like actual adults, somebody like Mike Proto, who's older than me, who did not play competitive football, who gets to be out there and look and pave the way for a big run for our now tailback Robert Johnson and be able to ha- make an impact that way. So, and sometimes you've got folks that were like literally never able to be in that position. We have a couple of, yeah. uh, we have a, a handful of women in the league who obviously would never have gotten the opportunity to play college football or certainly not professional football or things like that that's awesome to see to see the women across the league have this opportunity to get out there and make a name for themselves in their own reality this is a a separate reality if you will and that's what i love about the sfl is it gives people the opportunity to see themselves out there this is why people get so excited that's why people were so excited about the draft which mike and i were a part of uh and i know that you were a big part of as well of course um that's why people were so excited to be part of the team. That's why people are so into it game to game, week to week. Uh, and then outside of the actual gameplay, it gives people the opportunity to get out there and learn how to do some other things. You've got people who don't like rights um, as a career and not again, no slight intended, but the, that's not what they do. They have their background is in whatever it else it may be. And so they get out to, they get to be out there and be a beat writer. How cool is that? Yeah. Uh, you awesome. get to learn how to do stats. Like you said, that is just a brand new opportunity or you get people who have never been able to be a broadcaster before like Mike and Proto. That is like his story. He had always wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I share that same dream. I just have been fortunate enough to, have the opportunity to have done it for the last couple of years. He never has before he found the SFL. So that is just one more example of somebody who gets to try something that they had never had the opportunity to do, live a dream, get out there and try it for the first time. Yeah, and I think that's another aspect of the league, right? That's so different that you're able to get these skill sets that you probably wouldn't 
do otherwise. Like I even said it myself, right? I wanted a podcast for so long and I didn't know on what. I think the ideas I threw around was like one with me and my cousin just talking. We like to shoot the craps anytime, right? And then um and then doing like a cologne review. And it ended up being where now I have something to do it on, which is SFL. And now I know how to create a podcast and what systems to use and what systems work, you know, in certain ways, shape, or, you know, other ways. So I, I think it's cool stuff. I think you're right. And have you learned, what have you learned since being in the league? Like, what are some of the things that you had learned in that standpoint of like, you know, being in the league, interacting? Like, what are some of the things you've learned? I mean, person, uh, personally, again, if I can sound self-indulgent again for a second, uh, every broadcast is a learning experience for me as a broadcaster. Uh, I try to not take any games off. Uh, I try to listen back to every game that I do just to try to learn, like see what I did that I liked, what I didn't like, how I can get better. So the fact that I literally have an avenue every week to call a game that is just that experience is immeasurable for somebody who is serious about being in media. I've said this before. That is like the key for me is actually being able to get out there and get that experience, whatever form of media you want to be in broadcast, print production, whatever, uh, actually having the avenue to get out there and do it is so, so important. But that's, that's just me personally. Every time from a, you know, a, a general, more general answer, uh, every week, uh, and Mike deserves all of the credit for this. I don't do anything in this regard. Uh, he does it all. Uh, every week we learn about something, uh, somebody in the league because of his reporting. That's really what it is. It's it's uh, yeah. all digital reporting through Discord, but he reports. I call him the senior SFL insider. He's our Adam Schefter, <laughs> our Ian Rappaport, whatever you want to say, our yeah. Darren Dreger. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, whoever, that's who Mike Caprota is, if you ask me, because he's actually out there talking to all the people in the league, learning about their stories. Hopefully we don't have any career-ending injuries or whatever, or trades for him to report. But anyway, uh, we learn something every week as fans of the league about somebody who's involved in the league, even if it's just a fun fact. Uh, yeah. Like, we, you know, I threw out Brett Killian has had like, you know, five or whatever nicknames in his life. You're going to meet one, somebody on the Houston Hyenas defense coming up this week. He has a really funny side story that is, you know, only a little part of who he is as a person, this player, but it's just, it's something that I sure as hell didn't know before this week. And I don't think that anybody outside of, you know, probably his family and friends will have known. And so fans of the league are going to get to learn something about this guy coming up on Monday night. So that every week I learn something new about at least one person in the league and knowing Mike, it's usually more like 10 or so people in the league. So uh, every, yeah. every week I learn something new. Yeah. And that, that's something though, that I say goes above and beyond, like talking about how that draft um, series went, right? Like you what always stood out. And this is why I said you needed to have a, a opportunity to be on the show because you spoke so highly about me as a rookie GM, right? Um, spoke about highly about me how I move how I am how my player was coming from Annapolis and and you know having a strong linebacking crew in in, in that minor league team um it meant it meant a lot right so I think those small details and those small you know uh uh those those and I don't want to even say small but yeah they are they're small things small details that really make a difference and people end up enjoying it even more and you know, I speaking with Mikey, 
he enjoys it just like I do is getting to know people getting to know their story because everybody has one and I, I feel like it's it's everybody's right to say their story and, and to cement it cement it in some type of, of some type of way of if you want to look back and see where you were at in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic you can go back to this podcast and hear how you were or check your growth <laughs> or check your status or whatever it is right so this here this platform that I was been able to kind of take advantage of allows me to provide that for people so it's, it's awesome right and the same thing you and, and Mikey are doing is the same thing I'm trying to do on a different way where people can consume this uh, product not just watching the games but after the games and getting to know some you know the announcers the broadcasters the stats team the players whoever it is to know what's going on so for folks that know like I, first game I've heard you again was in the SFLM Right, but uh, do you have a best SFLM memory, a game that you called that you were like, man, this is like the biggest memory I have at the moment? Well, honestly, it was really that uh, there's two, I guess, and the second one is that first game. First of all, because it was a really good game, that was the first time I got to uh, sort of meet you, I guess. Mike got to meet you directly, and I'm grateful yeah. for that. I got to see your old pals, the Navigators, three times in the minor leagues. That was an awesome team. Um, but, I mean, for me, uh, again, slightly selfishly here, um, the fact that Mike and I were given the opportunity to call, the to do the broadcast of the SFLM championship game is just, uh, it's one of the coolest moments of my career. I, I mean, honestly, if, you, if you'll let me call it a career at this point, uh, I've never done, I've never been a part of a game like that. My last year at Northwestern, I was really privileged to be part of three playoff games, including a uh, NCAA lacrosse final four, which was just such an awesome experience that I was really, really looking forward to, but that wasn't a championship game. We lost in that semifinal game. So we didn't do the championship game. So that was the first time I've ever called a title game of any kind. And uh, Mike and I did a lot of work to get ready for that. Uh, I, I was hoping, and I'll be honest, I've said this before, but uh, I was hoping that because he and I had done so many games we did a broadcast in seven out of the eight weeks of the minor league season i was hoping that we would get one of the two semifinal games just kind of as a hey thank yeah. you you know for your hard work you've done a good job you get a semifinal game and then i figured that that cam would do the championship game that somebody who's done sfl games before like you know, michael trurillo did a bunch of minor league games uh yeah. somebody like that would do the championship game i was like i was totally on board with that i thought that made a ton of sense but Cam told Mike and I this the one week where we were doing our broadcast prep for week eight. Uh, he kind of just sidled into our on our on, into our meeting and said, "Hey, you know, I want you guys to do the championship game." And uh, I can speak for both of us when I say I would I was stunned. Uh, like I said, we <laughs> yeah. were holding out hope that we would do a, a semifinal game, and we got to do the title game instead, which was just really awesome. Um, so that was the highlight of that season for me, for sure. Um, but also, like you said at the top, getting to meet all of the folks in the minor leagues has uh, helped prepare me immensely for the major leagues. And honestly, I love minor league sports. I won't get off topic too much, but I worked in minor league baseball for three years. I didn't know anything about minor league sports before that. Like I said, I turned into a sports fan when I was about 10, but I just kind of followed the big things. I knew the star players, all that kind of stuff. But working in minor league baseball showed me how many people 
worked so hard behind the scenes just to yeah. get a chance at being one of those star players in a major league because there aren't too many of them, obviously. There's so many guys, the actual players, yes, and then guys, uh, men and women behind the scenes that are part of that actual team that work so hard day-to-day, for hours on end, just to put in a good product. So I, I absolutely loved being uh, – with the minor in the minor leagues with the Durham Bulls, my favorite baseball team for three summers. Uh, that taught me to love minor league sports across the board, and that's why I really like the SFLF. Yeah, and I think again, the difference in how it was impactful for you is pretty awesome, right? Like, you talk to anybody who's been involved with the SFLM, and they're like always talking about how impactful it is. We drafted 13 players, and each one will always tell you how impactful it was. And I, I think again, you know. For your aspect of not having a player at that time and calling these games and being part of the championship, it's awesome to hear that being your best memory because that not everybody can have that same aspect of that memory. And then to do it in the minors and something that you enjoy doing, uh, you know, calling these type of minor games is huge. Now, goals for yourself, like, do you have any goals that you want to achieve in the league while you're in it? Uh, it's a really good question too. You're chock full of good questions, Ben. Uh, uh, I mean, as as uh, player speak as this sounds, coach speak, if you will, uh, I truly want to get better every week. Uh, I want every game I do as a broadcaster to be as good as possible. I will never go in. I'm never going to fool myself into going into a game saying I'm going to be the best broadcaster ever because a that's subjective. And B, that's impossible. It's just not something, it's not a realistic goal. It's not an achievable goal. So uh, if there's somebody out there that Mike and I are their favorite broadcast team in the SFL, I am would be flattered if that is the case, but that isn't my goal. My, our goal is not to be the best broadcast team in the SFL because there are tons of really good ones. I and mean, I could list off a bunch. I don't want to you know insult people that I would forget, but uh, there are so many really, really good broadcasters in the league, a couple of really, really good teams so it's never our goal to go out there and be the best team in the league. It is our goal to be the best team, put on the best broadcast that we can. That was That is a paradigm shift for me uh, that's happened over the last couple of years. You know, I've talked a little bit already about personal growth that you and I have both, you know, been working on in our personal yeah. lives recently. Um, I appreciate that humility on your part as well, by the way. Uh, I used to be a perfectionist when I was in middle school, for example. Uh, until I realized that perfection is impossible. And it also, and being a perfectionist is incredibly harmful to one's psyche, I guess. Yeah. So now I never try to be perfect. I just try to be as good as I can. Uh, so that is my goal every time I do a game, is to do as well as I can. Uh, if a viewer likes it and thinks that I do a good job, then that is all the better. The fact that you know I still have a job in the SFL <laughs> Yeah. Is, is also very good. So Mike Daggs has not kicked Mike and I out yet, uh, despite how much he might want to. So I'm grateful to be out here for another week. <laughs> no, like, I, I mean, again, great goals to have. I don't see that happening, right, because you guys are great with each other. But I'm sure if anybody else partnered with you guys as well, you guys are both very iconic that I feel that they you'd, you'd be able to build that. But you two together is like a uh, tag team team that you used to see in wrestling that was meant to meant to you know work off of each other so that's cool you know and um yeah you know the growth and i think meant i would so we, i talked about physical health 
But I think mental health is something that folks need to kind of have a more awareness of. And I and I feel again with how much is happening in the world, not just with the pandemic, but other things that are happening that are so impactful in people's lives that you need to sometimes have an outlet and you need to sometimes have that mental health. And you're right, perfection is unrealistic, but failures, what you learn from failures is how to be better, right? So you're not getting to perfection, but from failures, you learn how to get better so you have less weaknesses. And that's the closest to being as perfect as you can. So um, I think, again, that's such a great thing to share because there, you're right. There's no such thing as perfection, but learning from your losses will help you be as close to perfection as possible. So uh, cool sure. stuff. Now, I want to roll out the red carpet for you. We're now to the last thoughts. This is your time to, to talk about anything we missed or anything you, you feel like I missed on sharing, uh, you know, plugging your Discord name. You're, you're calling the game on Monday night of the crowd crowd play game of the week correct oh uh, i think we're the game before that actually before that okay okay so um you know go ahead the, the floor is yours uh tim you know i'm rolling out the red carpet go ahead and share whatever you want to share <laughs> okay uh all right the pressure's on here thank you uh well first of all thank you for having me on the show nelson this is awesome thank you for talking with me for like over an hour of your friday night not something i would wish upon anybody but i, I appreciate you doing that <laughs> Um, like I said before, I mean, I'm only here because of, um, the people around me and, uh, uh, my family means a lot to me. Uh, my family looks a whole, a little bit different right now than it used to, but that's okay. Um, I'm really grateful to them for getting me through some rough patches earlier in my life and, uh, for getting me to Northwestern of all places. They sacrificed, my parents sacrificed a lot to, send me there in the first place and I'm incredibly grateful to them and I always will be to them for making that sacrifice for me um things have changed I mean we've all grown up and we've grown older but my little sister is five years younger than me she's a freshman in college this year she has always been uh, the most important person in my life Uh, I hope she knows that and she's going to be an incredible person she is an incredible person and she's going to be an incredible uh uh woman in just a short period of time she's going to continue to do amazing things I know that uh, she means a ton to me more than anybody in the world. And uh, anybody that I've worked with in, you know, in my life, um, I've never been the the popular guy. I've never had, you know, 3000 friends. Um, so I'm just always grateful for the friends that I have had, um, the colleagues that I have had, especially over the last year, the people that I worked with at those four part-time jobs that I mentioned at the top of the show. I really, really enjoyed working with all of those folks back in North Carolina and now everybody here at Avila here in Kansas City. Uh, they've meant a lot to me and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be where I am now. And I'm grateful to everybody in the SFL for welcoming me, a complete rookie, a complete newbie to the league and to um, allow me to continue to live out my dream because it's um, not an easy one to pursue. Uh, and I'm realizing, you know, every every day that, it is really hard to make it as a broadcaster. I knew that going in, of course, but uh, it's it's really hard, especially now. And so I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to uh, live out my dream uh, as part of the SFL. And I'm really grateful to Mike and Proto for making it possible for me. So thank you to you for having me on the show. Thank you to Cameron Irvine for running the league and to Mike Dags and Chris Curtis for scheduling me every week. Thank you to Mike and Proto for 
putting up with me and being my partner every week. And uh, thank you to my family and my friends, those that have stuck by me for the last 23 years. There aren't, it's, it's not a, a huge list, but that makes me even more grateful for the people that are on that list. So to you, thank you. I really appreciate you. And uh, my Discord name, it's Tim Hackett, number one in pro to fan. Uh, for very obvious reasons, if you want to, if you're listening, want to find me on Discord, feel free to send me a message. I've said this before, but if you, uh, I'll here's a, a, a shameless plug if you don't mind. If no, you want ahead. to get involved in broadcasting or media, if you have questions, hit me up. Send me a message. If you've got demo tapes, if you want to learn how to make a demo tape, if you don't even know what that is, send me a message. If you want to get involved in broadcasting, either talk to Chris Curtis or Mike Daggs, or if you're just curious about what it's, what it's like, what it takes, feel free to ask me. I'm always happy to talk to prospective media members and offer whatever expertise I might have. I'm, I'm just a message away. So please let me know if there's anything I can do. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you putting that out there because, again, I always want folks to gain something out of this. And if anybody ever, ever thought about joining the broadcast team, well, now you have a resource to go ahead and uh, contact so so you can get that to happen. So, um, and, and speaking about family, too, before I let you go, um, I'm a big family man myself. You know, I love my siblings. They're so they're small. And I, I guess I call them small in comparison to my age. But um, <laughs> the love that you have for your family, everything, man, speaks volumes and it speaks about who you are. So, again, thank you for sharing that. You know, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself tonight. I really do appreciate it. Tim, you have a wonderful evening. And if you ever want to come back, you're more than welcome to, buddy. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Nelson. You do an awesome job. And it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you again. Have a good night. You too. See you soon. So, again, thank you to Tim for joining us tonight on the show. Um, It looks like that we have uh, somebody in the show with us. So, we're getting to that section, guys. Uh, Welcome to the shipyard. And uh, before I introduce my guest of the evening, my friend, uh, Mel Davis, we got to play the fleet unofficial, official... uh, fight song Mel Davis before I bring you into the show one second well, goodness gracious what happened here one second, Mel, before you, you bless us with uh, your wonderful voice this evening, let me make sure I unmute your mic and get you on the show. Mel Davis, how you doing this evening? Mel, what's up, my man? I'm doing great, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, uh, early in the show, I was talking about some of that uh, health things that you and I have been working on, right? Um, right. But, but, you know, this week, almost go- completing a full week of eating right, working out, staying, you know, in a mental state, doing Tai Chi and all these things to keep me balanced. Um, I'm feeling really great. And I'm, I'm, I'm especially ecstatic to have you tonight uh, blessing us after our second win as an organization. So uh, again, <laughs> yeah. thank you again. I, I want you to talk about a little bit about, uh, you know, the game, kind of talking about the game plan, you know, and whatnot and how that was executed 
And then just, you know, again, touch upon uh, any recognition to any type of players that you want to call out given game balls tonight. The floor is yours. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And it's also awesome to be back and have another opportunity to talk with you and, and be on the show and share how and what we think about our situation with our fans and just the rest of the league, man, because this entire process has been one of growth <laughs> and there's been downs, probably more downs than ups to this point, but we talked about that, right? So building those bricks that allow us to understand what it is to uh, actually win a game, man, it just really can't put words behind it other than to say, you know, appreciative, thankful, and uh, most importantly, happy for the fellas on the team that get to see the culmination of uh, their hard work. Yeah, we put the game plan together, but, you know, we sit down and talk about progression every week and how they want to develop and what they want to become, you know, in their separate positions. And really it takes all those positions to work together to bring about a win. And, um, you know, with all respect to the team that we played, uh, the, the Predators are, are an amazing team. And I'm not just saying that to say it. They are. They, they're an amazing team in this league. And for us to come out and put our best foot forward in a situation where we had mistakes, you know, we had mistakes, but uh, we were able to overcome them. And I think that's probably the biggest part of that game that uh, I took home or the message that we wanted to communicate to our, our team in the locker room. And, you know, perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. Uh, we had some challenges in that game, but we didn't give up, you know. And by not giving up and realizing that all we had to do was keep pushing forward and staying in the game. And we talked about this back in the very beginning. If you remember, you know, our, our primary goal this season, you know, of course, is to win, but we're to be competitive. You know, to prove that we were a team capable of being in this league, A, uh, being competitive in this league, B, to the point where we would be able to uh, compete with some of these other teams. And, uh, you know, they have being competitive with them, be in games. And by yeah. being in those games, you have a chance to win, right? I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. So it was great, you know, and – I think we all kind of encompass what uh, our owner and our good friend and, and uh, Jacob, that the context of be humble, but stay hungry. Right? Yeah. Uh, we've experienced what it's like to lose and to have to rebound and, and, and realize we got to get back up. You know, and now we're getting a little bit of taste of what it's like to win, but be humble in that winning. Be excited. Yeah. Enjoy it, but be humble because it's short-lived if you find yourself kind of getting a big head over it, you know. So, great win for the team. Now, to break it down real quick, I don't want to keep you too long, but, you know, basically um, our defense is an amazing group of guys, you know, and they balled out. They just balled out. Eric Majors and the commentators were making, you know, nothing derogatory or negative about him as a player, but you know, being uh, short in stature, sometimes the viewpoint is that a player is going to be challenged because a lot of the wide receivers in are some really tall guys and they're in the bad. But don't sleep on Derek, man. This guy's got hops. 
like Michael Jordan, and purposefully so, you know, when he put his player together and we sat down and talked about how to build his player, um, he had it all laid out, man, and, and totally open to what input I had, uh, but his insightfulness on how to create that player to be ready to compete against some of these big, fast wide receivers in this league was amazing. He reminds me yeah. a lot of one of my favorite players, you know, in our our, our new named uh, Washington <laughs> football team. I grew yeah. up in an era, and you can appreciate this, I grew up in an era, man, when Daryl Green was the man. You know, mm-hmm. 28, but again, fastest man in the NFL. But the guy was short in stature, but don't sleep on his short in stature because this guy was amazing in how he played ball. And and that's why I kind of, you know, kind of like the, the, the player that, that Derek is. You know, he's short in stature, but don't sleep. That being said, man, he, he had a pick this past weekend. That secondary no-fly zone is legit. Those guys don't play around, and between him and you know Chris on the other side, locking things down, and you got Shot Allen. I actually think the shot is the hammer because if you come across the middle, or shot is the hammer when he hits you, and you're trying to catch the ball, and he'll come up on the line, man, and lay people out. He's he's like a he's like a third, a fourth of his linebacker, but he plays safety, you know, which is uh, an amazing thing. And then of course you got Dakota playing free safety who's just got range and all over the place. And you bring it up to that linebacker core, which I'm blessed to be a part of. Um, you got Frank on one side, Amon on the other. You know, and these guys, you know, these guys are veterans, and uh, they don't play around either. You know, and then you've got that amazing defensive line. I call them the baby defense that they truly want to become. And, uh, but they're still showing up every week. We have VP, call the vice president, Mr. Bernard Patterson. You know, you got Gary Bernie He's coming up the middle on one one side. Oh, my gosh. You got, you know, Rob Brower. And then on our other side, we got our man who's just, like, bringing things every play. You know, I think he got uh, – I think, if I'm correct, I think we went gold this past week, too, in terms of, um, you know, his, his play stature. But, you know, just amazing guys, man. Amazing to be a part of it. And then uh, I'll give my shout-out to that offensive side of the ball that really helped that defense do what it needed to do. And, um, you know, we helped that defense out a lot this week. And I'm going to give a game ball to a guy who's got all heart and never gives up. You know, he's always in the locker room. He's positive about everything that's going on, no matter how bad things are. This guy has always got something positive to say, and uh, just so happened he turned out to be player of the game, and it was so well-deserved. Mr. John Truesman, Big John, we call him, because uh, he, he really, really, really balled out this past week. He gave everything he had uh, to that game and uh, helped us to attain a victory. I was so excited to see John get that touchdown in the way that he did and to, to play every play the way he played. It was just it was, this is awesome, man. It was awesome. Yeah. Course, yeah. And to see uh, him. Quarterback, you know, wide receiver. Say what now? I was going to say, yeah, to see him uh, as much as he's 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 so positive, right? And uh, to see how much yeah. he's been able to share that positivity through the adversities and to finally get the player of the game as well as, win, you know, get a touchdown. It speaks on who John is as a person as well. Um, he fights, yeah, you know, and he, and he, and he goes through it and, but he keeps that positivity, and you need that, right? Especially in these time, day and ages, you need somebody who's going to be positive because 
what else do you got sometimes, right? Like, you, you definitely got to. So I think that's a great uh, ball. And before we continue on, Mel, I, I, I did get a text message from Ashley Jackson saying to say hello to you. She's listening tonight. Um, uh, as well as I want to so shout Ashley out to Mikey and Proda as well. Yeah, I want to shout out Mikey and Proda as well because he hit me up on Discord letting me know that uh, it's sounding good and everything's really good. So shout out to you two uh, tonight before okay. as well as to John Truesman. But go ahead, Mel. Sorry. No, no, you're fine, man. This is a conversation. And, you know, a team win is a team win. And it was just exciting, you know. Um, and, and I did not need to not mention my man, Mr. Derwin Nuevo, who, you know, is an amazing defensive end opposite Robert Brower. You know, Derwin got his, uh, one of his animations this past week or week before, and uh, he showed up. He just dominated. Played well too, so yeah, just dominated. He did, man. He's amazing. Just an amazing player, man. Just excited. And probably more than anything else, it's great to see uh, the guys stick it out through the tough times and be rewarded for the good times. I think that's probably the best part of it uh, for me uh, because of the fact that I know <laughs> how much it, it means to them for us to to go out there and be able to show what we're capable of, you know, and being a player and then being a coach, you kind of get to see the best of both sides. And, it's it's tough. It's not easy, but it's exciting to see that your efforts do you know do pay off. So yeah, great definitely. game to to everybody. And you know, aside from from John's ball, I give out a team ball again, man, like I did last week. And for them to do everything as a team, and uh, we approach each week as a team. And looking forward to doing the same thing this week. Although it's a a tall task to play, and I'm not the you know, kind of preempt you on that, asking that question. <laughs> this is a call pass. Yeah. Go ahead. Louisiana, yeah. You know, with all due respect, you know, last time we played Louisiana, man, they, they put in like Giannis up a flagpole. But, <laughs> but it's those experiences that you build off of. It's those experiences yeah. that, you know, you realize, you know, I think I heard a quote uh, by Muhammad Ali that he never got down, never, not, never got knocked down. He was always getting up. And I just think that's an amazing quote because that's kind of the way I feel about us. We never got knocked down. We're always getting back up. So be wary of that team or that guy that doesn't feel like he's knocking down, but he's always getting back up. And that's what I feel like we're doing. We're always getting back up. So be wary that uh, the fleet is a team to be reckoned with. Um, We're humble, but we're hungry. And uh, we're looking to finish our season off strong as best we can and uh, get ready for that off-season preparation and, um, and and see what that brings to light as well. Yeah, I think uh, this upcoming game against Louisiana is going to be a, a really good test. You know, number two team going into the playoffs, right? So, um, and they they just dealt with their second loss of the season, which, again, speaks volumes of what they're able to accomplish. So it should be a really good game. And, I'm very excited to see how we end up playing. I, I I know you guys have put in so much work, so I'm really excited to see uh, what you what comes out of that that hard work that you guys have done because it, it felt great to see you get your win, uh, Art Jacob. Like you guys, all the time are, are in such a communication to make sure that what's put on the field is is to be the most competitive, right? And uh, tweaks and everything that you guys are making shows so. Uh, I want to give a game ball, right? If I get a chance to, I'm not a coach, but I do want to give a game ball to um, <laughs> okay. to, to you guys, right? To the coaches. 
uh, to you, to Jacob, to Art, uh, for the game plan that you guys are able to do because Charleston is not a team to, to, to take lightly a win. Just like I said with Houston, uh, even though we got the win against Houston, that's not something to take lightly. These are great organizations. These are organizations that have great leaders amongst them as well. And uh, it shows how much, you know, again, you, you can't predict what these games are going to do. This is AI for, for peak sakes, right? But you can uh, definitely try your best. And when you see that that goes our way, it's definitely exciting. And, and, and to have that second team win in, uh, in organization history is huge. So I'm um, very excited to see what you gentlemen do when it comes down to Louisiana, which, like I said, not going to be an easy game. Um, not going to be an easy uh, game. Any game in this league that you win, and, and this has been a very humbling experience. Uh, I know for myself, uh, I know Jacob would agree with me on that, and that fits in the line of staying humble but hungry. But it's been an humbling experience, man, that you win a, a game in this league. You've earned it. You've earned it because you've put in the time and the energy uh, that puts you in a position to um, bring that to bear. And, and that's, a, that's a big shout-out to the rest of the teams and coaches and, and uh, masterminds that are in this league, from PM to, you know, to owners and, and, and scouts. It's no easy task. And the appreciation you have for that win humbles you in itself <laughs> because you know that the next week you can come right back out and um, things could go the opposite direction. So you, you appreciate yeah. it, you respect it, and um, you still crave it, but you appreciate it, you respect it. And then- yeah. All right, Mel. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to share with fans, players, or any folks that are listening? Yeah, man, I'm going to finish it up easy tonight and just say hashtag battle, uh, battle ready, fellas. You know, fans, <laughs> fellas, teammates, let's just be ready for – this game against Louisiana, bring our best, leave it all on the field, and um, uh, get ready to, to to bring it down to Louisiana and see what we have. And, and prayerfully, when the smoke clears, we can walk away saying not only we gave our best, but prayerfully we can walk away with another win, our third win of the season, which would be uh, another amazing task against a, a really good team. So that's yeah, where I'm at. And until then, I'll catch you next Friday, brother. All right, Mel. As as always, thank you again for taking the time. Always showing up every every everything. You know, shout out to Jacob. I know he's uh, doing a motorcycle class, so I told him be safe because I don't want him to bust his butt exactly, while he's exactly. on the motorcycle. But uh, again, you know, thank yeah. you for always making the effort of being on the show. You have a wonderful evening. Oh, by all means, much appreciated. And everybody, stay blessed, be safe, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Okay. All right, appreciate it, Mel. Have a good night. So thank you, Mel, again, for joining us, welcoming into the shipyard. I do have my next guest. Uh, I do, in true fashion, want to announce him with the horns. Uh, it is the defensive tackle of the London Knights, Zach the Burner Turner. Zach, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How about you, Nelson? I'm doing good. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, this week has been very, very uh, invigorating, to say the least. Right? Uh, we got our first, we got our second win, right? As as the fleet, um, I was able to move into the right direction when it comes down to my own personal self, right? And and I've known you also have have been 
going through some personal things as well, and I see that you've had had some balances with some uh, MMA. Did I get that right? I think it was MMA yeah. that you were thinking about signing up for. Um, yes, sir. And yeah, and 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 kind of finding that balance, right? Uh, I think it's really key, and and, and that's why this week has been such a great week because this is almost my first week of really eating right, drinking water, working out, getting myself back up again and then balancing that out with you know days of rest and days of meditation and days of you know I don't do MMA but you know uh, uh, some type of martial arts whether Tai Chi or Wing Chun or something that allows me to release myself but also focus on my mental and and, and those kind of things from there so uh, I'm doing good you know for the most part and I appreciate you taking the time you reached out to me saying hey Nelson I want to join the show and I appreciate your you know, ability to look in the in the future and say, Nelson, I got you. Just give me a date and I'll be there. So thank you again for joining me this evening. No problem. So I, I, I want to get into the person who's Zach, uh, you know, Zach, right? Like, I want to know, um, you know, a little bit about you and who makes you. Uh, well, so what makes me? All right, so I'm from Alabama. A lot of people know that. A southern boy, you know, uh, someone that holds high expectations. I don't set my I don't set my goals low. Like there's that saying, you shoot for the star and you drink. Your dreams come fast. So you gotta live in the moment and give it give it all you got. Some fun facts about me. Matter of fact, uh, like you said, I want to get in the UFC or MMA because I just feel like you know I got I gotta live life. I gotta see where I can. I gotta try out new things. You know, just. You gotta, you gotta express. You only get like one opportunity to live, uh, live life like you want, and you can't. At the end of the day, you can't have any regrets. But yeah. I'm the type of person that like to that push pe- other people to be uh, better. I, like an example on social media, on some of my social medias, I write motivation po- uh, posts uh, every day and every night, and I also do prayer requests for people that you know. Even I want to start doing that for the league. You know, people that are going through a tough time. You know, I like to help people and. Uh, anyway just be a good person that's really that's really all about that yeah and you know that's that's good stuff i I think that explains the elephant i I always thought you should have gone with an elephant theme instead of the burner (laughs) i feel like something with an elephant would have represented well because you're from alabama and you're a big rolling tide fan but then that would have also played as the mag the big player you have on the field as a defensive tackle yeah Really, the day just the burner stuck. Uh, honestly, whatever the community, like whatever the community calls, likes to call me, uh, I'll go by that. If they want to call me the burner, they want to call me the elephant. You know, it's fun to let them decide what they want, what's your, what they want your nickname to be. I, yeah. I, I like the community to pick it for me. You know. Yeah, and I think what you shared too about the fun fact about you is really awesome, right? Um, we we talked off air and this topic that we're going to talk about the misunderstanding of who you are. I, I think you sharing yeah. that you 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 aim high shows the enthusiasm you had coming into the league, right? Um, yeah. And 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 I think it speaks volumes of who you are as a person and it, it, to to be that person who is also saying, hey, I also pray for people and and want the best for them. That takes a lot of humility. That takes a, a human side that you don't really get to see on a day-to-day basis anymore. Um, I feel like with social media, yeah. you get numb to some of these kind of facts. And you see sad yeah. things almost every day. 
that you almost forget to, yeah. to count your blessings and say, hey, I need to take a step back. And when somebody says, hey, I want to put you on the prayer line or put you in the prayer circle, whatever the case may be, you sometimes need that in the world that we live in today. I don't try to get this into yeah. a religious show, but I, you know, I do have that appreciation for folks who do that yeah. because it just means so much of who you are as a person and, and the humility and the humanity that you're, you're showing it yourself. So I think that's yeah. pretty awesome. Now, your SFL yes, story, right? I, I, I know you came in around the time, well, at least with us, right? That's what I'm getting. It's, it's, you know, you yeah. to a lot of teams during the supplemental, but how did you get to that point? Like, what was the SFL story going from the beginning, how you discovered the league and whatnot, to officially being with a team like London, uh, being one of their star defensive tackles? So, all right, so, yeah, the the, the story is actually uh, it's kind of interesting, and I'm glad. I was actually, one day, like, how I discovered SFL is I'm sitting on the couch. No, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm on my phone, and I'm like, you know, I want to get into, you know, I was just like, simulation league. Let's just, let's just Google it. And the SFL popped up, and I read it. I was like, okay, you know, I, I joined the Discord, didn't really understand the whole process. I saw the minor league thing going on, you know. I uh, wanted to be a, a wide receiver because my granddad actually played uh, college as a wide receiver and went on to play in the CSFL a little bit before he got cut. So I was wow. like, I wanted to play wide receiver, wear number 88. So I got in. So when I got into the league, I was like, all right, go watch some YouTube videos. I started talking with a deputy commissioner. We're like, all right, this is a fun league. There's great people in this league. I, I want to be a part of it. So then when, the, yeah. when the, I started reaching out to teams, I didn't really understand how the whole draft process worked. I of didn't course. realize you had to be like, you know, you couldn't go in the first round unless you had a certain amount, like you could play on the SFL team. So I was like, hey, I was having some funny encounters with some of the GMs, you know, just being a chill yeah. guy. I was like, I was, I was thinking I could possibly go first round. And uh, at the end of the day, I just told myself, it doesn't matter uh, where what round I go in, wherever I go. And like you, I, I use the Brady story, for example. That's what I always use. That kind of what motivates me a lot is he went in the sixth round. The six, he was the last, he was the, one of the last quarterbacks taken in the draft, sixth round. Yeah. It, does, it, it just states it doesn't matter where you're taking. It, uh, you could be taken uh, in the seventh round, and if you, but if you give it all you got and have a positive attitude, you could be the, a great. And yeah. it, that's all that really matters is you have. You leave no regrets on the field. So when I reached out to teams, you know, at first, I wanted to play wide receiver. That's that's the goal. And then I, I laid back, and then I realized when the sixth round came, I was like, you know what? I play whatever position gets me on the field. So coming up to you know, uh, I missed one opportunity. I, I missed, which now I count as a blessing. Is the deputy commissioner texted me one day like, hey, I said SFL major minor league uh, spot opened up for like corner safety, and I was he's offered me that like, hey, I could take it. Well, I didn't yeah. see it until a week later. I take it as a blessing that I got drafted, you know, to London. But the uh, but with the whole draft process, yeah, uh, uh, almost that, uh, you know, uh, I was actually going to be taken by another team before London picked. I, I don't think no one knows this. Uh, yeah. New Mexico City, uh, their GM, they reached out for me, reached out to me at the beginning of the sixth round. I'm like, hey, we're going to take you with a sixth round. In the sixth yeah. round, like in this round, and London picked me before uh, they could uh, – London, I got a call for Liam, and I didn't recognize the number, and I dropped my phone, and I answered it. But, yeah. 
<laughs> how the, how the SFL thing happens. Yeah, and and you know that's that's an interesting fact. I think again the enthusiasm that you had. I, like I said, I wanted to bring you on because I want you to tell your side of the story because we didn't get to see that, right? We didn't know that. We just got a message from you yeah. one day saying, "Hey, I could be the best." you know wide receiver yeah. for you or pick me here and there and we didn't understand that not knowing that you didn't know how this league works not knowing that you you know you shoot for your goals high so you want to show people like hey if you if you take that commitment on me i promise to put in the work and everything like that and it's very good to see yeah. you know get selected to a team because you were able to get a you know a, a a star player on the field right like your player's doing really well this season um and he will yeah. continue to grow and, and be better and, you know, imagine if you were like, no, nah, I'm going to hold out for a wide receiver or I'm going to hold out just for X, Y, Z. Would you be would it be in that great position that you're in now? No. You know, who knows, right? But you, you were able to be part of an organization as London. And um, I, I think, again, what, you're, what your players doing on the field is amazing. And it, it shows now understanding the backstory around that draft period. And then I think, too, like to hear how excited you were that you almost – you, that you dropped your phone. Hopefully, you didn't break your phone. That would have sucked in that very moment that you're getting a call. But you know that you were able to get a call, still get that experience, which had the memorable dancing with the with the uh, was it the cowboy hat or was it with the elephant head? I gotta remember cowboy hat, and then I put the I put the elephant hat on afterwards. Afterwards, I tried to I tried to do a mixture of both elephant and cowboy hat, but the cowboy yeah. hat fell off. So when they switched it to me, it was just I was just doing a circle dance with the elephant mask on. Yeah, and hey, look, that shows your dedication to Alabama. Uh, if you don't know, I'm a big Washington football team fan, which has a lot of your rolling tide on our team. And there's a reason why we have them is because they're such a great organization. <laughs> and Nick Saban has done an amazing job in that organization. So uh, I can definitely tell yeah. that you're a big fan. Um, so did you model your defensive tackle? after anybody specific or like was there something that you wanted to be able to accomplish as a DT? Uh, well, I actually looked at some uh, actually notable defensive line uh, defensive, uh, line numbers and I saw Julius Peppers where I wear number 90 and then I saw, you know, that big old long face mask my dude has. I got the mm-hmm. idea from Lawrence Taylor and then the 90, uh, the, the, his, like, his weight I got it from Reggie White. So I try to make oh, wow. it look like Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, and Julius Peppers because those guys, defensive players, they were determined to, you know, succeed on the field at all costs. Lawrence Taylor is known as one of the most uh, best linebackers of all time was get back there and just, like, sack the quarterback. As a DT, yeah. you know, I wanted, I was I was coming into London. I was all high, you know, head high. I wanted to lead the league in sacks. You know, I want to have an impact on the team. So yeah. that's I got 6.5 sacks. Hopefully that go up. Hopefully I can hit double yeah. digits. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that's Let's some go. pretty good stuff for you to come. The way that you came from, you know, your SFL story from coming straight into the league, but being able to make that impact, which is very important for you coming in, right? Uh, being able to show right. what you were able to bring to a team, not just on the field, but at, outside of the field, and make sure that you represent the organization well and. I don't, I, I don't ever see you engaging in, in general chat in a way that is disrespectful. Um, I know you share with us key, key facts, like how I learned about your, you know, thinking about joining MMA and then doing that. Um, you know, again, it, it speaks on who you are as a person and, you know, 
I'm glad to see that that you're now able to make that impact and have that player who's doing exactly what you promised, right? That he was going to come into a elite right. organization and be a, a, a legend and, and, and help the team in any way, shape, or form that he can. So I'm really glad to see that that's part of the story for you. Now, I know you were considering wide receiver and tight end. I mean, sorry, uh, uh, defensive tackles where you're at now. Were there other any other positions you were considering as well with those two positions? Oh well, actually, I wanted the first time I wanted to come in the league. I wanted to uh, do QB, and then I figured someone said, "Oh, QB, their spots are always filled up." So uh, <laughs> I just went straight. Like I went, I, I saw. I was like, "All right," you know, because I was thinking too logically. Like I was thinking, "All right, maybe." Like I said, I didn't know much about the league, so I was like maybe if a quarterback sucks. A team will redraft any QB every year, you know, IRL. So I was like, I'm gonna be a QB, and the guy and I took the de- deputy commissioner like, whoa, 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 slow down there, buddy. There's uh, there's not yeah. a lot of slots open for QB. <laughs> so then I just went to wide receiver. So and then DP, okay. uh, and I'm happy where I'm at. Uh, glad I didn't hold out for wide receiver. Uh, yeah, and just glad I'm making that impact. And I think sharing that too, Zach. Right, like your experiences, that side of it. Because I always hope people gain something out of this. So what I'm hoping they gain from your story is maybe a different approach, right, on uh, maybe interacting. I'd love to hear, you know, any advice you'd have for rookies maybe coming into the league. Um, But, you know, to hear the story about it and then, you know, saying, hey, you know, I was happy to make a change. I think that's something that that folks don't consider, right? They'll come into this league and say, I want to be this or nothing, right? But if you really want to be part of this community, you want to do something like yourself saying, hey, I want to do X, Y, Z, right? And sticking to it doesn't matter what position that was. You know, that's, that's going to allow you to really take part of this, this system, right? Like when I, when I came into the league, I got hit up and said, hey, do you want to be a linebacker? And that's not what, what I originally wanted to do when I came into the league. I actually wanted to be a safety because I'm a huge Sean Taylor fan. So I wanted to be a safety. I respect that. Or, or appreciate it, and, or be a um, you know a tight end, which I'm at now, right? And uh, so I was like, okay, cool, you know, I'll, I'll play the linebacker spot because the team took the chance to to reach out to me and say, hey, saw your introduction, um, and mind you, I didn't even know how to manage this league neither, right? Um, and Mel was lucky with me as well, so he was trying to figure it out at the same time as well. And where and then you know Mel is telling me things that. Scott and, 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 and Zeke are, are trying to do as well. So everybody as rookies were trying to help one another figure out what we were trying to do. And uh, But I ended up being linebacker because they hit me up and asked me to do that. And if I didn't make that decision, then I wouldn't have met Xander Gold, who's a, you know, a great person. I wouldn't have learned the ins and outs of this league. I wouldn't know how I w- would want to help mold the organization that I'm in today. All that stuff played a factor because I said, yeah, I'll, screw it, I'll be a linebacker and a stat person. So it's really awesome to see that. I think that's a great advice that you talk about, or at least hopefully somebody's taking that advice to say, hey, be open. Because if you really want to be part of this league, sometimes you have to be open. Because not everybody can be a quarterback, unfortunately. You have to really have patience to stay in this league to just be a quarterback. And vice versa with some of these popular positions that folks sometimes want to go for because they're the ones that get the most uh notoriety in a sense right when when you look at real life football 
Um, but it shows that, hey, like yourself, making that impact as a defensive tackle right now because you made that that choice to say, hey, screw it, I'll do it because this this team believes in me. Shows now that how your players really um, really doing in the league now. Now, do you have any other advice yeah. that you would want to share to rookies too coming into this league? Yeah, yeah, for the rookies, the, the new rookies coming in, and enjoy the process. Don't like all the way up. That's what I, I should have said at the beginning. Enjoy the process of leading up to the draft. Enjoy your minor season. Don't don't uh, don't rush. Like don't want you'll get in a rookie season. Don't want it to end. It goes by quick. So you gotta enjoy every moment. You know, be humble. Cause when my rookie season started, I was like, okay, you know, this is gonna be a long rookie season. And now <laughs> I blink. Well, I forgot even what week it is. Week eleven, week twelve. It, it, it's like it, it's like a fast forward. I don't even remember how fast the games come. Yeah. They just come by. It's like a, you're like a, it's like you're on a VCR and you fast forward it in supersonic speed. Yeah. Just enjoy uh, and enjoy the whole process. Enjoy you know, enjoy that special moment with your team. Don't uh, don't uh, don't wish it to go by too fast. Just because you only get one season to be a rookie, so you gotta enjoy yeah. it while it lasts. That's true, right? Like, I never thought of that. You only have one rookie season, and after that, you just are considered a vet. And, you know, you're, I don't want to say yesterday's news, but, you know, you, you become part of the norm. And um, I think that's really great advice for rookies to really hear because there's different ways to getting into a team, right? Your way was, hey, you didn't get an opportunity to get into the minors, but you still found a way to be part of a, ma- a major team, right? And um, hearing that for folks to say, hey, like right now the miners are about to start October 10th. If that isn't, if you hear this later on or that already passes, sometimes you can get openings during the the minor season. But if you can't, then look at other opportunities, right? Like how yourself, you went through the supplemental and you were still able to be a a great player with a, a organization and you know, that, that shows, like, there's multiple ways to get your, your foot in the door. You just have to find the right way. So I think that's awesome advice and, and a great story to share for folks to see the other side of it. Now, yeah. speaking about the supplemental, I know there was backlash, right? And uh, oh, yeah. there was a backlash lot, from you being backlash. picked. Yeah, right, folks, being mad that you were picked in the sixth but came out with a contract better than most people that were picked in the first, second, and third. So... I want I want to kind of I think your story shares some clarity around it right because there is you didn't know right like you were just like hey I was just trying to figure this out too and you're not having an opportunity to be part of a team or or at least like a minor team to help guide you you had to do it on your own right you had to figure it out and just say hey let me put myself out there because if I don't you you potentially would have fell through the cracks right because we didn't game plan yeah. for you right like you came out yeah. of nowhere we had no game tape on you um so it was really difficult to say hey we're going to change our plan on this on this guy coming in who we have no idea who he is and he's making these promises that we can't guarantee because we don't know what's going on um but yeah. I, I think again you know speaking about that backlash and giving your side of the story around it um you know, what do you have to share kind of about that whole situation with the supplemental draft? Oh, the backlash, oh, it was it was it was it was intense, you know. Uh some of it I, I did get some DMs from some people. Uh some people DM me the clown emoji, you know, because you know how I came into mine, you know, I was like I posted what I was what I was pretending gonna wear, like the, the golden suit, the aviators, and people took that 
is uh, some people like being me and calling me a brat, you know, because I, but I was coming in with like the Deion Sanders approach, you know, I was shiny. I, I wanted to help people. That was my way of getting people, you know, hyped for the draft, you know, all, it's like a spotlight. You know? And everyone, you want to make like, you hype up the draft more, you know, people get more excited for it. But the backlash on it, yeah, some of it, I, uh, I, I saw some of it. I read some of it. But I didn't really like to uh, let, uh, let, uh, let it allow it to change me as a person. I just like, okay, that's how these people feel. I'm just going to step on the field when the season comes along and be like, all right, yeah, uh, we'll do it. Uh, I'll prove them wrong. And the, everyone was talking about how me and Fox high win. We're not getting, uh, uh, a, you know, not, not going to get along because we've had issues in general chat. Uh, I've had no, I have nothing but respect for Fox high win. I think he feels the same way. I hope we haven't even argued. The London locker room is just is is happy. I feel like it's happier than ever, greater than ever. Uh, but the back, some of the backlash, it was some of it was kind of I felt you know like it hurt, but I didn't let it affect me because there were some people that did DM me. Uh, DM they were like, you don't deserve this. How how did you get picked before uh, uh, my buddy who played? You're getting picked before players that played in the uh, SFLM. It's not fair. And then I had guys that would like. They were waiting that I expected to get drafted before me, and I was telling them, like, look, like, I was through the whole process of the supplemental draft. I was hoping some of these guys would get drafted that were, that ended up getting drafted after me. I was like, you got, you played the minor season, dude. You got this. Uh, and I said, just don't, it doesn't matter where you go. Cause some guys I was talking to were freaking out, you know, because during the draft, I really wasn't worried where I was going. I'd be happy either way. When it yeah. just happened when I got picked, I was just, you know, uh, Oh, hey, I got pissed. But then I was like, okay, I want these, my buddies, these guys, other guys to know to get picked that actually played in the SFL. And, you know, uh, these other guys, cause I kind of, I was like, I hope they get picked because they're great guys. And some of them did end up getting uh, picked, and I ended up telling them, you know, congratulations. But I did, I did get, and I can, I'll get in more detail with the backlash. Uh, like I said, there were some messages that, that I didn't read. Uh, I still left them open, but I, I kind of used that as motivation because I'm, I'm just yeah. like, you know what? I'm a humble person. People, they were calling me not humble, uh, a brat. You're, uh, you're annoying. Uh, I'm not gonna say some of their names because no, no, of course, of course, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, of course. Because I'm, I'm not a big fan on drama. That's the, yeah. that's the last thing I want. I, I don't like, I don't like beef whatsoever. You know, they say what they say. And me, I learn when you say something, you mean it. So I just, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I do. I knew some. Like, I knew some people were going to say stuff going up to the draft. Like I knew I had that feeling. Like, hey, there's going to be people that don't like you. That's just how there is. They're just like I'm pretty sure nothing. You have people that don't like you. I mean, everyone's got their own group of haters. You know, uh, you just can't allow them to put you uh, put you down. And that's what yeah. I think they were trying to do with the backlash. They were trying to, you know, shut me up because they didn't like how I came in. Like I came in a league, brought in, I, I brought in a different injury that probably no one's really seen. Uh, yeah. With the, you know, the suit, you know, and I wanted, I wanted to make people laugh. That's why I did the dance. I had, yeah. no, had no intention. I had no idea that they were going to show me dancing. No idea. But uh, <laughs> when I saw myself, I kind of kept doing it because, you know, I wanted to make other people laugh, you know. I wanted to make sure everyone had a I had a fun time going to draft, but the the backlash was it was intense. Like I didn't. A lot of people, there were some people that supported me. I'm so grateful for the ones that were, like that told me that I was going to get drafted. I appreciate that so much. And then the ones that like I did get a lot of backlash from people that were they they took it to DMs. 
Yeah. And they tried, you know, they wanted to get a reaction out of me because some people in the world, sadly, are like, they want to they see you. They want to see what uh, what ticks you off or what, what sets you off. I didn't yeah. respond to any of those hateful DMs. I took it I took it as a way like, hey, that's what you believe. That's what you want to believe. Uh, that's another advice for some of the rookies. Like, you're going to have people that hate on you. You just can't listen to none of that nonsense. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's a great point. Like, I hate to hear that that was what you got the backlash of because I honestly just feel like you were a victim of the supplemental draft right um it had loopholes it had things that folks could take advantage of and it wasn't your choice right like it wasn't like you saying hey you know take me here or whatever the case I mean yeah you were trying to be supportive and I, I can vouch for that right like every time we made a pick we're like hey guys great job great pick there um so it was really awesome to see that you really had that genuine support and I don't think people saw that and then misunderstanding like what was going on you didn't have you were just a victim of that that contract was given to you you know what i'm saying like it wasn't like something yeah. came in and saying this is the contract i want no you were just like hey you know like i'm trying to come in here and play and you know if i can have the best contract possible cool but i'm happy to be here and i think that's that's yeah. awesome and to share I, and i yeah go ahead now i'm a now i'm a silver deal tackle because of the progression or whatever so yeah, and yeah. you know, it, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you were a product of what happened, and I feel like people misunderstood. You're right, that energy. When you don't understand something or something kind of changes, some people's – everybody reacts to things differently, right? And some folks see that as a what heck, you know, is going on and, and kind of sharing that anger. And there's other people who will, will have your back, like Ashley Jackson just texted me saying, hey, you know, she loves you and, you know, haters are going to hate. But that shows the support that you have too. Like it's it's two sides to that coin, and um, hating to hear that that's you know people took the the time to contact you directly just to to make you feel some type of way. Like that's not what the community is about. There's some people like that, right? Like I see it on myself with Portland, yeah. right? People saying Portland sucks. I think somebody had put that on the uh, general chat you know i've seen people talk really bad about portland but i've seen people also come up to our defense and say what are you talking about do you not see the pieces they have in place or the people they have there or you know xyz and you know you have both sides of the spectrum and you know i'm not going to tell you it doesn't when i see folks coming out of places without any factual things sometimes like they just see the wins and losses but don't see the actual games don't see how competitive the games were don't see any of that stuff or they were never coaches or they were never of a coaching staff they never sat there and really been part of it to judge somebody or a league when you don't get to know them is it is it is it really the the way that you want to be i think pickler um you know i had him on the show a few episodes back and you know he really mentioned that right like he has he has thick skin and he can always take it, but he he's always a person that invites people to get to know him, right? Get to know him, right? Get to know who he's yeah. about before you judge and say, "Hey, I hate you, Pickler," because he's like, you don't even know me, right? And you don't know me outside that's of right. here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, that's, unfortunately that's, part of the that's, internet. That's, yeah, that's a that's a big thing on what I'm like. I am too. Like, I, I believe personally, never judge a book by cover get to know the person before you start making like all these accusations or you know how you think they are until you've never had a conversation with them or try to like you know you can't really judge someone unless you unless you actually have talked to them you shouldn't 
you really shouldn't judge. You, have, you shouldn't really have a first opinion on someone until you know you get to know them better. Like what Pickler said, I have a lot of respect for that man too. Nothing but he actually helped me during the draft, uh, up to the draft, and when I got drafted. So shout out to him for helping me through that process. Really great guy. I have nothing but respect for him. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. I think uh, to get that side of the story, you know, to see kind of your experience. Like I, I like I tell you, I hate to see it because you seem like a pretty genuine guy. Um, you know, and. And I kind of th- this question I have next kind of plays onto. So, do you feel like people misunderstood the excitement that you have? You know, the suits, the constant DMs, the 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 understanding who you are. Do you think people misunderstood that? Do you think that they see the excitement, but maybe thought it was arrogance? So, like, what do you think made people misunderstand you the most? I think they misunderstood the energy and the DMs. Because a lot of them were coming, yo, chill with doing the DMs. But like at the same time, I was I was thinking in my mind. These GMs have had to have hundreds of people, you know, DMing them and telling them why you, they want to be drafted. I shouldn't sit back and I should keep texting them, you know, to make sure, hey, they know in their mind, the GMs know in their mind, hey, this guy's active. He clearly yeah. wants to be here because he's showing, yeah. he's going out and texting. A lot of people telling me to chill. And that's where I think a lot of people found, called me annoying. But I'm like, same time, how are they going to remember a guy like you forget? I, I didn't play in the minor league. There's no tape on me. This is Dang, really the only yeah. way I can remind them I want I want to be drafted, and I think they under, yeah. underestimated the excitement because you know I, I I feel like personally I won't be the only one to bring in this type of excitement. There'll be I think I maybe I maybe have just been one of the first. Hopefully yeah. I set a trend to follow. You know, hopefully people yeah. follow the draft. That's what I I, I want. Hopefully other guy, other rookies will come in. You know, do the suit and hat. Maybe it's like a it could be like a rookie tradition. You know, all the rookies <laughs> be dancing. You know, making it, making the draft more more intense, more fun, you know, yeah. more uh, relaxing. A lot of people just, I think they just, like even when I was dancing, I, I saw some people in the comments, because like, I rewatched the draft. Yeah. Uh, to see what people would say, or say in the comment section, because, you know, I, I read I read the comments. I uh, And the people that said that they were laughing when I was dancing, that, that's like who I am as a person. I like to make people laugh, you know. I like to be like, hey. Like, you know, I know the draft is intense. But, and I saw, yeah. I saw some of your GMs, and I was like, maybe if I dance a little bit, you guys could relax and have to not stress about making the next pick. You could just see a guy dancing up there and forget you were actually a GM for a moment and just live in the moment, you know? Yeah. That's, a, that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people just misunderstood the type of, uh, type of person I was. I think they judged me before they got to know me. And yeah. I have nothing but respect. To, uh, back to the Ashley Jackson thing, I have nothing but respect for her either. I have respect for you, Nelson. I got respect for like every everybody in the league. I respect, especially yeah. people that have been there through me as coming in for a rookie from now. Uh, it's just just amazing how well some some people have it back in the community. Yeah, and and I'm you heard me might have said damn because I think you just shared a light of uh, that's something that we all of us didn't see. Right, you're right. You didn't have a, you didn't have game tape. You didn't have anything else. You wanted to show people that you were there, and you know I, I like to challenge people to say you're annoying because guess what? As soon as you got picked up with a team, you're not on, you know, general over here blowing and, and spamming. You know what I'm saying? You you yeah. learned you learned how to be a, a person in this league and how and you got to learn how you want to interact, right? Do you want to interact with people? <laughs> In that big group of uh, of the ocean of the general chat, or did you want to 
hit up people individually and you know do that and if you heard that commentary it was because of that because i was like man he he really has a point there like and then I, I want to kind of show some humility. You know, I think it's it's also the time that you came. We already had a game plan. A lot of folks go into the draft with a game plan. So to kind of yeah. alter the game plan, not based off of, you know, somebody getting picked, but somebody coming into it, it takes a lot, right? Like, that's where some of that stress comes into play because if somebody gets picked, it's already stressful. But if you have somebody in the limelight that may have to come in, now you're reworking your boards on the spot. Still trying to get a player that yeah. you may potentially want that you don't even know, and uh, you know now that you said that and everything, I was like, man, you're right. Like we, I think we did misunderstand those messages, um, and 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 not taking the time to get to know you. And and you know, I want to apologize if if I did ever make you feel that. I appreciate you respect me. I respect you back. Um, I appreciate you reaching out and saying, hey, Nelson, I want to be part of the show because any listener, anybody who takes the time to say, hey, I'm gonna sit here on my Friday night to listen to this guy chat off and, and and get to know people um it's awesome and uh i, I do want to share that with you man that is it's awesome to kind of see that side and it's really awesome to understand it because it only makes sense when you said that is how else was i going to get noticed because you really could have fell down the cracks if you would have held back you would have fell through the cracks because you're right you didn't have nothing and you probably would have been in the minors this time and even though it still would have been a great experience because if you ever talk to anybody who's been in the minors they tell you the same thing, but it's, it, I have a better understanding of why you did what you did. And I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I'm saying, like, it makes sense everything you did to get to the point that where you're at. And I'm very happy to see that you're at that point now where you're able to do the things that you wanted to do. So uh, that's that's kind of me sharing a little bit with you and how much of a how much of a of a, of a, a brain explosion I just had. Um, because of it so thank you man I appreciate that no problem so now that we kind of got through the understanding of the misunderstandings and who you are and what you bring to the table and everything else what have you learned so far in while being in this league so you had such a unique situation and one that I wouldn't want on anybody else to have a you know to be called names to be sent DMs to try to make feel smaller uh, when we're in a community that we want to show kind of some impact. And again, everybody, I think Pickler said it the best. Everybody has their right on how they want to consume this product. It's your choice, your right, your voice, your op- opinions and everything. And as a person, I have the right to just ignore it or move forward or look at something else, right? So right. I think, I think again, getting a, getting that, that, that part, what have you learned so far while being in the league? I've learned to always think positive, not not think negative. You know, you're going to have – you see things in negative. You see people talking trash. That's one of the reasons why I kind of stay – I stay I stay clear of being trash. You may see me in there every now and then, rarely. So I, I've learned – I see a lot of – I see people sometimes go edit in general chat, and I'm not all about going at it with someone. I don't like to talk trash, you know. Uh, I learned to be – I'm, I'm I learned to be more positive, uh, See this support my teammates in London have given me. You know, uh, I've learned who to. Here are some of the great guys to talk with in the league. Uh, some of the friendships, example, uh, I'm gonna shout out my boy Bay Scout, uh, GM for uh, Florida Storms. Uh, he's uh, we've had a friendship that's transferred over to where we play Xbox or and uh, actually game do games together. Uh, that's awesome. Besides that, I met a lot of great people. 
in the league. Uh, I've learned, you know, I've just learned to have, uh, be more, uh, enjoy it more, you know, because uh, they're in the, the whole, uh, that draft, like you said, the draft thing, uh, it, it was a lot, it was a lot stressful for me because I was like, I made, like you said, uh, falling through cracks. I was thinking I was going to get forgotten about. So yeah. now that all that's over, I've kind of, you know, I'm enjoying, you know, just being able to sit back, relax, knowing that I'm on the, on the team. I'm happy. Uh, I'm making, I'm making great. I'm making friends in the league. You know, I'm talking to more people, uh, just, uh, and joining the positive, not letting the negative energy change who I am as a person. Just thinking and seeing, like having the positive energy. Uh, just, feel, just that's what I want to do. Is you see me every time I'm in chat, I'm trying to be a positive person. I'm always posting positive things. You know, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm trying to make, and I want to put more positive energy into the league. Yeah, you know, you remind me a lot of my man John Truesman, our running back. Um, who's another person who pumps a lot of positivity. And I I mentioned it earlier, you know, he got the game ball when we went into our Welcome to the Shipyard segment. Um, I respect him too. Yeah, he's a person who, just like you, wants to put positivity in this world because it's so much negative. And and sometimes you have to, right? You have to smile and you have to persevere and fight and, and maintain that because you know, I, I can look on my phone right now and there's going to be something in there right now that's going to be, you know, saddening to see, right? The world yeah. that we live in and, and the situations that we're in that nobody has time to be in that situation. And, and it teaches on, right? I think some people use this platform to vent. Like you notice that, right? Like people use this to vent or use this to escape the real world that they're in. So yeah. no disrespect to those folks that that's what they want to do. But myself, right? Seeing all this negativity... Being in a world that's so, right now, very, I don't want to say difficult, but it, it's not making it the easiest to manage, right, in the, in the, in the yeah. current climate that it's we're hard. in. Yeah, I don't want to go on to general chatter. I want to go into other places to see negativity. Like, I have enough of that on social media or in other places. Why yeah. do I want to carry that a in a place that... Is, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like... Yeah, exactly. So, I think sharing you know that what you learn and, and how that played a factor and, and being that positivity because we need it you need that balance right it's just like i've seen ashley join into to conversations and having that positivity as well and you know there's other folks too mikey and proda has stepped into the conversation sometimes to to get people corralled back in and say hey you know let's let's keep this positive or let's keep this clean or let's keep it to a certain sense where it's not like a uh, back and forth and all these kind of things and like I said in the internet you have to have tough skin when you put something out there you have to have tough skin to, to hear criticism and feedback but I have the choice to listening or not right I have the choice to take that feedback if I don't feel like it pertains to me or it helps me grow as a person then I have the choice to not listen to your feedback right just like you have the choice to say whatever you want to say I have the choice to not listen if I don't choose to listen and that's the part that was very difficult, a hard pill to swallow because you will have critics on both sides. But if you can bring in positivity, enjoy it the way that you're enjoying it, right? And creating that friendships where you're having people you're playing Xbox with and people you're having, you know, one-on-one conversations with. I mean, it's amazing. And I think that's a great thing to say what yeah. you learned in the period of time that you've been there. Um, you know, other than being the best player that you can be, do you have other goals that you want to uh, have with the league? 
Uh, actually, yeah, I want to get into being a GM somewhere. Hopefully, you know, this upcoming season, after my rookie season, I can maybe be either assistant GM somewhere or a GM somewhere, uh, or a head GM on one of the uh, expansion teams. But I want to, I want to get that coaching experience. I see, I see what you guys do. And I know y'all say it's stressful, but for me, it looks absolutely fun. So I'm in a gym in another simulation league, and uh, I'm so excited to, like, I want to get in, in the SFL uh, in the gym, you know, just uh, to get into that and uh, uh, be a GM. That's just that's one of my other goals to do. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it's just, I know, like, my main goal is, you know, be the best player, but my other goal is make more friends, make, uh, make more memories, <clears throat> uh, make, uh, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy what you got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, you know, hopefully I'm an inspiration to others to know that you can make it possible, right? Like, I was a rookie. I, I did one full season as a non-contracted player, which you can kind of put as, like, a never happened type of situation i guess the way that it's kind of looked at right because uh, as soon as that was done then i had to go into the minors and then you know whatnot i would have to have gone through the draft process and whatnot so basically it kind of nullified whatever that my first season was but like it, that's what kind of helped mold this and, and 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 have where i had an opportunity to be a gm and hopefully that inspires others to show like it really does like i take this role very serious you know i have my peers uh dave access ashley jackson you know other gms that i talk to just bounce back ideas you know as general managers you know kind of get uh feels for things and it's so crazy how all three of us also are part of content the content team um so that's cool too right but that inspires you to kind of show that you can make it to be a general manager i think how you are with people and then how you are with because you're the you're the middle you're the you're the middle ground right you're the middle between front office and coaching staff you're the middle between front office and players you're the middle with how your organization is perceived so like i think gms play a huge factor on that portion of it because you're trying to help the owner with whatever work they need you're trying to also help your players help your coaches and then you're also trying to get exposure out there and, and help solidify the, the the organization that you're part of so there's a huge step into it and it's, it's definitely very possible for you and, and for yourself and, and and what you want to be able to accomplish i think the advice i always want to share with people if that ends up being the case right is that yeah it's it's, it's a, you're, you're you have to think of it as the four walls of of, of this business as a GM does in, in, in the NFL, right? Like, the owners are the ones that are in the owner's box. They're the ones that get to spend the money and, and you know, kind of be that person. And the GM's in the background, like, all right, cool, I got you. Like, do what you got to do. I'll get you the right staff. I'll get you the right players. I'll get everything that you need to get your return investment back. And I'll make sure that this organization is maintained to where there's integrity and there's a positive light to the brand versus a negative one and i think the changes that are happening in london right because you know london it's a bad rap just like st louis and some other organizations right but i think there's a, a great wind of change with some of the players that have been brought into london just like i was brought into st louis that you know folks like yourself will bring that change to those organizations and bring that new light and that positivity 
And uh, again, you know, as just advice, if you want to be a general manager, it's just again, think about it that way. If you ever get that role, it's thinking of the full broad spectrum and it should also be thinking of how do you retain your talent? How do you, you know, keep players happy, right? How do you keep players to stay with your organization and want to grow with you because they believe in the vision that you have set with your with your front office, with your coaching staff, like everybody has to be on the same page. And as a GM, it's your responsibility to make sure everybody's on the same page. So it's a very demanding job, uh, but it's a very rewarding one, especially when you see how it all comes together. So that's my advice to you. Uh, you know, you also know Ashley, so that's another great resource to use if you really want to be a GM in this league. But I would share that to have that understanding, you know, of the full spectrum of it because. It is a very necessity of a position to have in an organization, and a strong GM will help you with that. So this is my feedback to you for something that you inspire to be. Yes, sir. So what so far going into the SFL season, you know, what has been the best memory so far? Like what is the number one memory so far in your SFL uh, career that really stands out? Well, to be honest, uh, it's the draft and the uh, last week, two sacks. I was kind of quiet for a little bit, like the announced said in the game. And then out of nowhere, I come racking up 2.5 sacks. And hopefully that can, that can change. But uh, that was actually one of my favorite memories because I got to see big plays that game. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I'm doing good again. Let's, let's, keep, let's, keep, the, let's keep this intensity up, you know, start getting some more wins, not some more wins on the win column. Other than that, the, the draft uh, was one of the – I know it's like uh, – it is one of my favorite SFL memories because of the whole situation going in, like I said earlier before. New Mexico called me, you know, like, we're going to draft you a wide receiver. So I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I, I, like, I like, like, this is the start of the SFL, you know. Uh, I, remember, I, mean, I can still remember the details of the draft. Like, I, I won't forget – I won't ever forget it. Because like I was like Liam uh, said, you'll recognize if you call if I said if I call you today, you'll recognize my international my international number. I said what, I said, what number will be? He goes it'll be an, it'll be an international number. I'm like okay well okay I, I didn't and you know because I was having calls I get spam calls lots of the day so I wouldn't mm-hmm. if you did call yeah. you know not not I was gonna not say to the same thing too. Up. I was going to say the same exact thing. I don't think he knows that in the U.S. we deal with so much international spam calls that, like, yeah. you just saying, hey, I'm going to call you international, you'll know when I'm calling. It's like, not 100% because it could be a spam person being like, you know, hey, I'm calling from Microsoft. Your computer has a, a, a virus yeah. on it and you need to pay me $400 for me to fix it and whatnot. And I think yeah. uh, having that understanding. <laughs> yeah. We, we were sitting there like uh, New Mexico. Like, I was, I did not expect to be. I always, when the draft started, you know, the supplemental round started in the fourth round. I was being there just like, all right, maybe I'll go in the fourth round. Maybe I'll go in the fifth round. And then it got the sixth round. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I was like, someone was like, they're like, keep your head up. I was, I was still energetic. So I want to go in the fourth round. Yeah, I did. But at the end of the day, deep down, I told myself, it really don't matter where you go as long as you go to a team that's really great. So like you next, so the the GM talked. Uh, Matt, the GM literally texted me. So they are like, we're gonna make you a bulldog. And the next few pick, like they, I think, one of them had pick three in the sixth round. I don't remember what round, uh, what pick New Mexico had, but I knew New Mexico. They said if I was, they said we're going to draft you in this round. 
So I didn't know if London, you know, when I saw when it, I saw the, the fleet pick, I saw like I saw the pick getting like it started going by. I was like in slow motion. So I didn't Liam didn't like Mexico like told me they told me like I think you know twenty maybe. I was going to say three or four hours in advance before that. They told me way in advance before the sixth round started. They they planned on selecting me. So I was like, okay, I'm either go, I'm going to the next round. I don't know. I don't know if one is going to, you know, pick me. So uh, yeah. like I said, Liam, the text back, he's like, uh, we're going to, if you hear a call during the draft, like I reached out to him, I think, in the fifth round, like, so how do I know it's a call? He goes, it'll be an international number. So like I said, I was like, I'm more. I'm gonna get a spam call. I'm more. I think Liam's gonna actually call. I'm gonna. Really, I'm gonna think it's spam call. I'm gonna hit decline yeah. by accident, yeah. and you know, not get drafted. So uh, when he got drafted, so when London like a sixth round started, you know, I didn't. I had no idea I was going to London with third, uh, third overall in the sixth round. I thought. You yeah. know, I thought it was playing. But that's why when I got drafted, uh, everyone was saying uh, in the chat section, "Oh, he was supposed to go to New Mexico. He's supposed to be a wide receiver in New Mexico." If you look back at the chat. Uh, on the draft, is like, yeah, he was supposed to be teammate teaming up with him, Andre, uh, in uh, New Mexico. You'll see those comments because uh, yeah. they, they they were going to legitimately draft him wide receivers. You know, that's the one position I wanted. So uh, London called like out of nowhere, like like it was before. As soon as whoever just picked picked, I got a phone call directly from London, and I like I yeah. answered it. You know, Liam's like. Like I want to be a part of the team, you know. I was like fish and chips, uh, fish and chips, baby, yeehaw, uh, type of situation. So you bringing a bringing a southern boy to to, uh, to London, you know. Hope you're ready for some of the the partying. And uh, it was just a fun experience laying on the phone. And then uh, Benji called me. You have I, I love Benji Matson. I love I love him and them. Benji Matson called me. He's like you know he's a player. I forgot yeah. communications director of social media. He called me too, so I felt like I was getting a big old welcoming party. You know, uh, that's really one of the funnest memories. Like I said, I was to drop my phone because I, I didn't. I got my so in the fifth round. Uh, plus, that fifth, I was I was wearing the suit in the fifth round. So after like team started picking, I got took it off. You know, I watched all the draft. So then the sixth round, I was like, I was I planned to wear a suit every round until I got drafted. Yeah. And I, I was uh, so uh, no oh. And uh, no one knows this, but if you look back at the, the draft screen, uh, they heard you heard me get picked. You heard, whoa, like I said something, and then and then uh, the commissioner muted my mic. I accidentally unmuted myself, and you, if you flash back, like if you watch the draft, like the draft, you'll hear me say, and you listen slowly in the background, you'll hear, whoa, like really loud, like really low, you'll hear. It. Yeah. And then, then, you, then you hear, it. and then I got muted. I heard myself on the TV, but yeah, that was that was one of the funnest memories because I uh, I unmuted myself and I heard myself on the on the on the live stream, and then and yeah. then it uh it just I just got muted. <laughs> and that's actually a fun Easter egg to share because I I didn't notice it right until now you say it now I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna watch for it because that's a fun little Easter egg to kind of know, but um yeah no like. Your experience is so different, and that's and that's the part that I love to share. And it also speaking about chats, right? So I'm not a big I, during the draft. I didn't really check the chat that much, right? Only reason is because I'm so laser focused on watching what other teams are doing, what teams may who they may potentially pick, and then again managing the board when somebody was off the board. 
you know, getting that situated and, and, and seeing if our strategy changed due to somebody getting picked or whatever the case may be, right? So, right. you know, that, that whole experience, like, I didn't get to catch those nuances and chat and whatnot. And the one time that I did is when I saw Derek actually mention that he wanted to come to Portland. So, like, I always talk about that story. I wasn't a big chat guy in that moment because I wanted to focus on what was happening. And, you know, in the whole time that that's happening for transparency on our side, we're we're all having a conversation in our draft room, right? We're all having conversations and figuring out, you know, what may be the next pick. Did we catch that last one? Is it off, you know, is, it, is that last player off the board? Should they go to, you know, like we're all working as a team to keep track of what's happening. And at the same time, too, still managing our boards and being prepared when our team was up so we had you know preparation like there's a lot of preparation that goes into that and that off season starts early for for a lot of people because it's just such a strenuous process but that's kind of like the back end for us I didn't get involved with the chats like that so I would probably have missed you that whole speculation so I, I don't know if I can I don't think I can watch it back because that originally wasn't on um I don't think YouTube has the comments anymore do they uh, I don't know, but no. When I went to the when I went to the, the actual draft, uh, I was like it was a day. I, I forgot when the sixth round happened. June, I think June twenty eighth. I may be wrong. I may be off. But if you like, if you play the video and you go into the video on your phone and you tap right, you'll start seeing the chat come up, and you'll see like. But if you like, if you like, just watch it on your computer, and you don't like zoom in on the video. You won't see that. You won't like if you don't if you don't zoom in on video. Like you know how you have a chat call and you see people type. You won't see yeah. any of that because I figured that out. I was like, okay, there's no active chat. So then I turned my phone sideways to full video and double tapped on the video and it pulled up. I saw seeing all some of the old old comments. So it might work. I don't I don't really know. Mm. I think I have screenshots of it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's cool to see how that was happening in the background, and that's always the piece that if you can really get that interaction. Right, because you're seeing live reactions at the same time. You're seeing speculations happening. You're seeing like information that you may not catch. Right, like I wouldn't have, and I told this to Derek, and we've talked about it on his episode. That I, who knew that, like I probably wouldn't have not caught it, but for something told me, hey, um, look, you know, at the chat. Like I just relatively had it during that time during the stream. And then I see Derek mention that he deletes it. So that's another thing. Like, imagine if I didn't even check the chats, he would have deleted it anyway, so I wouldn't have seen it. And um, and everything just happened for a reason. But I wasn't really a big chat person. But how crazy the, not drama, but the speculations were in the chat about what potentially may be happening. It's, it's crazy to know. So really, really good side yeah. to share on that backside and that fun little Easter egg of you screaming <laughs> As well, I gotta be. Uh, I gotta look out for it. Uh, go, you know, when I watch it again. So, um, I know your plans is to be a GM. That's kind of the goal for yourself. Where do you see yourself in two seasons? Like, where are you hoping to be when when two seasons pass? How uh, two seasons pass? Well, I, well, I know two seasons. My second season's coming up soon, actually. So, uh, you know, hopefully a GM spot. You know. Hopefully still in London, but you never know what the future might hold. You know, if, the, if the spot comes open up, you know, I already let Liam and, and uh, uh, Tam know uh, uh, I love London. 
but I said, like, I want to do, you know, I want to be a GM. And I told him if a spot does open up, uh, I'm hoping. I try to get I try to get an assistant uh, GM a spot in London. And they said they weren't looking for one at the time. So, like, I told them if, if an assistant or a coaching spot opens up with another team and I don't get one offered here, you know, I'm going to – I'm going to take it because I want to, you know, get the experience, you know, learn how to coach, you know. I have nothing but respect for London. But I, to be honest, I really – it's difficult to answer the question because I don't – at the same time, I don't know what my future would hold. If I'm going to even, you know, who knows what happens. If I'm on London next season, you know, you just – you don't know really until, you know, the expansion uh, teams get announced. And I've been talking with some potential uh, expansion teams owners, you know, trying to – get my foot in the door early DM yeah. like you like I'm already trying to DM because I know hundreds of other people want that position what makes me stand out more than uh, other people but yeah uh, I, I don't know uh, next season who knows I could be I could be somewhere I could be somewhere totally different uh, different different changes scenario uh, scenery but whatever I'll go I'll bring I'll always bring a fish and chips basket just remember <laughs> them London guys yeah, I mean, look, you know, I'm glad that you. I think transparency is always key, right? And and kind of knowing what to do because as a as an organization, you must always you always have to plan, right? Um, but I think again, if you if you get that up opportunity, you know, London will understand because it gives you an opportunity to grow. And uh, I know that was a big thing for Liam is is having people come from his organization that do grow within this league. So I don't think anybody would be mad, of course. Yeah, taking your talents to somewhere else would would suck, but um, I know definitely, you know, just seeing how you're an intricate part of London. That if that doesn't happen the way that 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 you that it that it could potentially play out, that you'll be welcomed back in London because you've been such a great um, player for them, um, and definitely having having a, a pretty good season so far. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, like I said, depending. I know it's it's hard to say. Where you want to be? Do you do you do you hope there's a place that you want to be in, in two seasons as a player? How about we focus on the player? Where do you want your player to be in in two seasons? Well, to be honest, it's still difficult because you really don't you really <laughs> don't know what can happen during the off season. You don't know how much a locker room could change. You really you really don't know at all. Like I said, like at the beginning of the season, like during the draft process, people were like, someone said that I could. In someone's article I read, they said I could be – I forgot what they said. Uh, I, they said something like I could either be a franchise player for London or I could scare – I remember the article because I remember reading it. I remember someone posted about all the rookies and how their opinions on the rookies and one of the opinions on me was I could either be a franchise player for London or someone that scares people away from the locker room and causes other players to leave. I remember reading that, that comment. And I, it still stuck with me. It's still having it in my head. Uh, but like I said, like, it really just depends on how the locker room is, to be honest. I could be somewhere else next season as a player. I could be in London. It really, like, all it plays out is how the team, how the team does and you know, how how we keep together during the season and uh, how we how we are in the offseason, really. Like, are we still the same team we are now or does things change? Because things can change. People can get, uh, you know, uh, get different. Want to see a different scenery? You know, uh, there could be issues that issues could develop in locker rooms. You just—it's really far ahead to say anything. But uh, my future right now, you know, I hope, hope, I'm hope I'm with London. Uh, I could, I may not be. Uh, you know, it just it really, 
it's really just a coin flip, you know, because uh, things things change, you know, things you may get have a you may uh, like I said the locker room could change over time, you know, people could uh, you could have other players leave. You're not always guaranteed not to have rookies stay all the time. Some rookies might you know not like each other and one may leave. You know, uh, I hope that's not the case in London. But like only, 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 like I said, only time will tell if I stay in London next season, or if I'm, uh, if, uh, or if I'm not, because it could, it could, it really, really varies, you know. Uh, I'm just like I'm hoping, like either way, I know I have a home in London. I'm always welcome yeah. back. Liam and them said, uh, uh, Liam and them said, if I said, I said, what if I don't get a GM spot? They said you always have a home here. Which yeah. I, I'm grateful they said that because I was thinking, you know, if I take a GM spot and I don't, the GM spot does come, they may already have plans to draft another DT. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to feel, I don't want to get pressured out, but like, I love London. But, uh. Yeah, no, it's uh, understanding, but, uh, right? It's the opportunity to grow. And I, I think, again, that shows the support of that organization. And, Again, you know, you never want to hold anybody back. If you want to hold somebody back just to retain the talent, then you're doing it wrong, right? Because being able to be part of an org, like, let's say somebody grows and you see that, then that's still part of you, right? It's still part of your organization, still part of your coaching tree, still part of whatever it is. And uh, you can never be mad at somebody growing. If you are, then, you know, uh, shame on you because you want people to have successes too, right? And real people celebrate other people's successes because... It helps everything get better, right? And if you're jealous, then yeah. unfortunately you're, you're you're wasting your energy on the wrong thing. So um, hopefully you can use this as a reference for them to get to know you, and you know if they want to hear you know how you know about you and get to know some of the situations and get some clarity. Well, hopefully you're able to reference them back to this, and and this has shown a different light to you, getting to know the team player that you are and getting to know the person that you have been I don't want to even say striving to be but the person that you have been and the person that you promised to have been since you came into the league so uh what are your off-season plans so uh you're going to be I know you already started talking to some DMs but do you have any plans specifically during the off-season since since off-season, again you no since I was going to say my bad you know before you got started we are one of the two teams right now currently out of the playoffs so what are your plans for the offseason? My bad. That's, that's what I did want to share because you and I are well, two teams that unfortunately are already out. We are out of the playoffs, you know. Uh, I'm already looking forward to the offseason. I'm just going to sit back in my London house and just, uh, you know, uh, look at look at the success of other teams, showing other teams, you know. Maybe I'm, what I'm going to expect is what probably what other people are going to expect in the offseason. I know uh, when the offseason comes around, I'm, I'm guessing all rookies have this happen to them. They're going to have other teams reach out and say, get mm-hmm. offered. You know, I don't know how that's just, uh, I don't know. I'm still like a rookie. Like, I don't know all the whole contract thing. I feel like at the end of the season, I'm going to have other teams reach out and try to sign me their contract. And yeah. uh, I, it's really, you know, it's does it, that, that, that's what's going to come. Like, I don't want to, you know, contracts, you know, you don't know what could happen with that. You don't, you don't, you really, it's, I'm not. I'm not a big guy. It's like go oh, chase the money. I'm like Brady. I'll take a pay cut if, if it uh, if it means winning a championship. Do I want to be a gold player? Of course, everyone wants to be at some point wants to be a gold player. I'm not gonna stay yeah. here and lie. I'm like, oh, I'm fine with being a, a copper player my whole career. No one really wants to be a copper player their whole career. 
Everyone wants to be a golf <laughs> yeah. player. You want to get to the best. But I'm, I'm willing yeah. to take pay cuts for the team to see the team success, you know. If, uh, but, you know, since we're both out of playoffs, you know, I guess just watch the other teams, cheer them on. I, I just won't have to rush to watch the game. I'll be able to relax a whole lot more. Uh, it sucks that I, I, we're out of the playoffs. Like I said, you guys are out of the playoffs, but we're expanding yeah. teams. I don't think a lot of teams. I don't think a lot of teams expected some of the expansion teams to do how they well they did actually. Uh, yeah. So I think it was a shocker, but you know we we had we both learned the defense was great. We got some things yeah. we got to work on, of course. Uh, Portland's got some things they got to work on, of course. You 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 probably already know that because you're the GM. You probably already got <laughs> who you want next season already in mind. Probably already on the computer typing up your prospects list. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, just uh, really act relaxation. You know, here, I'm not going to, of course, when those other teams come calling, I'm going to hear them out. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do this and shut them out, you know. So, like, you know, you got you to gotta hear them out because you may, who knows, at the end of the season, I may feel different. I may feel like this is no longer, you know, my home. If I do leave, I'm, I told Liam, I, I told him, I told him already, like, I said, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to BS you guys here. <laughs> And say, I, I, who knows if I may say, if I'm going to leave, I'm going to, if I may leave, I'm going to tell you I may leave so you can lease the plan to draft my replacement in the draft. Yeah. Or my, like, draft yeah, exactly. my replacement because I don't want to be leaving the last second and their whole board, like, is all messed up. I'm not like that. I'm going to let you know in advance. And they, they reached out to me when they heard rumors that, I guess they heard rumors that I wanted to be an assistant GM. And I told them, yeah, uh, if, a, if a position opens up like that, whether wherever it is, if it's assistant GM, if it's a if it's a big if it's a GM spot, uh, some coaching spot, I'm let you know. I told him I'm gonna take it, and that means it sucks that I'm gonna have to leave London, but you know it's gonna help me grow as a person, and I hope you guys can support that. But the off season, like it's, it's coming pretty fast, you know, and it's gonna suck once it's over because we can't watch. I can't watch my player take the field anymore, but. Uh, I'm hoping maybe I can at least win Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, but I, I think that's a long shot where I'm at right now. I don't know if it's possible, uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I think again, yeah, those are pretty good plans. And again, you know, uh, I hope this gives some light to you as a person and helps teams kind of identify who you are uh, if they are able to give you that opportunity, of course, right? But I think you got right. a great home in London too. Um, and for them to have that support for you to move on, you know, you're right. As a GM, I'm always <clears throat> looking at the next steps if I have to. But I always respect my players if, you know, if they have to do something. And, you know, the players that are deciding to stay on with uh, the fleet, um, I appreciate them nonetheless. And, you know, I really let them know that they are part of this as much as I am. And, I'm really glad that they decided to stay on or are planning to stay on because it just means that much more. Now, do you have any predictions for the playoffs? Um, do you see, do you have a, 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 a team that you may see be in that championship or what are your predictions? You know, uh, I haven't watched, I've, I've watched some of the play. I've kept up with the playoff picture, but I'll be honest, I haven't been watching. I've, I've, I've heard like, I've been in the statistics. I haven't watched some of the games, but you know, uh, we're out of the playoffs, but you know I'm always I'm always gonna have an underdog. I'm always gonna pick an underdog, someone that's always gonna somehow sneak into the playoffs. That's how, that's how I am. Like I feel like one of the teams 
that's either I feel like Saint, you know, one of the five of five teams will, will yeah. go further than people expect in the playoffs. You know, kind of like two twenty eight, like twenty eight team with the Philadelphia Eagles. I know I'm expecting them to go to wild card and go to the championship. I feel like there's a five and five team. I, I, only time will tell. Like one of the teams that's either Vancouver, Hyenas, the Lone Stars, or Atlanta, or St. Louis, the Toros will find a way somehow make it really far in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I think I think they'll even make it to. I think because it's always I always like the underdog mentality. I feel like some of these teams have an underdog mentality and will somehow sneak in and go further and everyone will be like, oh, they're not going to last that long. But I'm saying it's one of those five and five teams. I, I don't, we don't know yeah. who it could be. I don't, I don't know who it could be. It, it could be the, it, about, like like I said, someone will sneak in. But right now, the night we 9-1, they're on fire. 9-1, yeah. that's that successful. One of the best teams. You know, they could end up getting knocked out by one of these five and five teams. Like you really don't know. That's exactly. the thing that fell. Is is it any any team can win. You yeah. it, your record really don't matter. You could have an up there will be mark my words, there will be a upset in the playoffs this year, I feel like. There will be a team that's expected to go all the way that will lose. And everyone yeah. will be shocked because like you know, it happen, I feel like it will happen. Like people always count the underdog out. That's the thing with me, like when I had that draft mentality, I had that underdog mentality, you know. People are always going to sleep on me. They're going to sleep. They're going to sleep on you in the draft because you never, you had no tape. Some of these teams, yeah. I feel like one of these teams is going to get slept on by one of these big good guys, and they're going to one of these teams that are four and four and six, five and five is going to come in and uh, go really far. Somehow make it into the playoffs. Yeah. You know? I think that's true. I think I think it is very hard to kind of guess these games, and that's why I kind of limit my reservations when I go through the schedules every every show because it's really hard to say, hey, this team's going to win when you know that any team can win on any given day of the SFL, which is it speaks volumes because it's really about the strategy, not just having the best players or the best whatever the case may be. So I think that's, that's some pretty good points. And we'll see who ends up coming out of it. I would love to see an underdog take it, but, you know, you never know. Now, Zach... This is your time. I'm rolling out the red carpet. I'm giving you the opportunity to share any final thoughts. Uh, if you want to plug in your Discord or whatever the case may be, the floor is yours, sir. All right, yeah. So uh, before, I, before I go and enjoy my uh, rest of my Friday night and catch the tide tomorrow, and then that is or whatever the, the coast of fight, uh, a lot of my words is uh, just stay motivated, guys. My Discord, if you want to. If y'all want to text me, it's a Hawaiian King. You got two fires in Hawaiian King. I'll text in the Discord chat. You'll see it. But, uh, yeah, if y'all ever need someone, you know, need someone to talk to you, y'all going through something tough, you know, uh, like like uh, Nelson said, the world, uh, and like Sylvester Stallone said before, the world, people, some people, sometimes the world think, people think the world is like sunshine. The world's not sunshine and rainbows all the time. You're going to get knocked down. But it matters how how stronger you are. You, every time you get knocked down, how fast you get back up, how fast you keep pushing. Uh, and if you need if you need you know if you need someone to push you, like I know, it, like I said, it's just, people think it's just an SFL community, you know. Oh, it's a simulation league. But a lot to a lot of you guys, it's more than that. Like yeah. we're we're a family, you know. If y'all need you need someone to talk to, if you're going through you know something tough, like I've been through stuff tough in my life. I don't like to. You know, get into all that, but uh, yeah, I'm here for any of you guys, rookies, 
the deputy commissioner, y'all need me, Nelson, you need me, I'm, I'll drop whatever I'm doing to be there for you guys to help you out. Like, uh, you need a friend, someone to lean on, like you're going through tough times, something happened at work, uh, yeah. you lost your job, you had something like that, I'll be there for you guys. Uh, you know, uh, since coming in the SFL, I felt nothing from a lot of these people. Uh, I felt nothing like being accepted into a giant family that I thought, you know, uh, you thought you really never would find on a simulation leave something very common, but with yeah. all the stuff going on in the world, you know, it, it's brought a lot more people more closer together uh, and realized that, you know, we're all the same. We may have, we, at the end of the day, we, have our, we all have our differences, but one thing that's the same is we all love football and simulation. Uh, yeah. and the way the bond it brings with people, you know, John Treesman, Mr. Positivity, his nickname in, in the disc that I call him. Mr. Positivity, nothing but respect for you. You see this, you're an OG man. Keep keep up what you're doing. Uh, I love the energy. Thank you for telling me you got drafted when I got drafted. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, congrats. No, thank you, thank you, congrats. Even though you were, I wanted to go to you too, uh, but uh, yeah. It, at the end of the day, uh, just uh, you know, stay motivated. Uh, your dream, dreams come fast. Uh, it's just a matter of time how you can live, and you're gonna have people that have bring negativity into your life that want to just see you fail. Uh, and that's what we're doing the trash process. You know, people said some negative things to me. Uh, I felt like, you know, they just want to see me fail, and I, I just kept going with that positive energy. I just kept chugging like a choo-choo train, choo-choo-choo all the way up the mountain <laughs> because, you know, you can't take the easy route in life. Uh, the easy. I'm, I'm someone who likes to take the hard route. I want to take the most difficult path because nothing, nothing, nothing is free. Nothing is get, you're not given anything. You're not promised tomorrow. That's why you have to give uh, give everything you got, put everything on the line you have. Uh, you know, uh, and yeah, I know this is, this is kind of deep what I'm saying, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's true. Like uh, I think the SFL is just more than a simulation football league. I think it's, uh, there's a lot of friendships that came out of this. You see the SFL commission. Uh, you see the guys that miss, uh, like that meet up in the in the games. I wanted to go to one. I made. Yeah. You know, I wanted to. You know, COVID happened. All that stuff happened. It got shut down. Uh, but you bet. Uh, whenever there's one, I'm gonna try to be at it just to see you guys because, like, be, like I love, I love this league more, more than uh, anything. Just being a part of it. You know, just having a unique bond with people. And uh, just doing, just like living, living life good, and uh, just bonding, bonding with you guys, and selling that one joy over simulation football. That's really all I gotta say. I think that's a perfect message to leave it on, and I appreciate it. You know, um, if you need anything, likewise, man, reach out to me. Um, it, it was really a pleasure tonight, man. And I really felt like you got to share a lot of things that we didn't understand as a, as a league, and we didn't get to understand as individuals but it was a great night tonight i appreciate it i hope you enjoy the rest of your friday and if you ever want to come back just hit me up and let me know okay yes sir i definitely want to come back you have a great night with nelson you too zach take care man all right all right you too so folks thank you again right uh great thank you to all my guests tim hackett thank you to Zach Turner for sharing a lot of the thoughts and sharing who they are and and what brings them to the table and just everything, right? Like, I love this. This is what the whole concept of this 
uh, show is, is to really put that light out there, put light onto Portland and to a lot of people who make this organization what it is. And um, I appreciate everybody who took the time to to listen up because, again, you know, it's a Friday night. You could have been anywhere else, but you decided to be here with me. So all I can say is thank you again. If you do want to be on the show, hit me up. My Discord is Nelson Lozano, Portland GM. Uh, next week's show, uh, and I want to thank, again, thank all my guests. Thanks all my listeners. Thanks everybody who took the time to be part of the show because without you, I couldn't be here. But, you know, again, next week's show is going to have uh, Harish, uh, Harish from uh, uh, the Carolina Skyhawks. Uh, so be expecting to see him on the next show and again thank you so much for spending the night with me i hope you have a wonderful wonderful weekend and until i can catch you again you have a wonderful wonderful evening